0: So listen to Mira Cervino, AMPTP.
1: Yeah,
2: Yeah. AMPTP.
0: Yes. (laughs) Let's get the right contract for us actors.
2: Yeah, we're not asking for more than we're due. We're just asking for what's fair and reasonable.
0: Yeah, that's it. Mira Cervino, the amazing Oscar-winning Mira Servino. Thanks so much for talking to us here on Below the Belt Show. And if you could, let us know who you are, and you're on Below the Belt Show.
2: I'm Mira Cervino, and I'm on Below the Belt Show.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. The Below the Belt
1: show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down.
3: one
4: here.
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> Don't say that. Never say that. Goonies never say die.
3: Wax on, wax off. Come
4: <laughs> on.
0: that's right guys it's time for another episode of btb btb is below the belt show in the mother effing house i'm your host al soto aka celebrity Soto, your host with the most uh it's going to be an incredible show from top to bottom guys um so initially i wanted to uh have this episode as an all sag after panel but uh my co-host extraordinaire tachi mcfly ended up surprising us uh here on btb he's not a of sag after but I'm sure he supports the actors, nonetheless. Uh, driving home from Ocean City. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. You don't support the actors. Well, I appreciate you. Then you have to put on a different show. I'm
6: going to be a scab, and I'm taking all your jobs.
0: Oh, you're going to be the scab. I see. Chachi, you're going to be a scab, and you're going to frickin' work. Yeah. Is that what you're trying to yeah. say? Okay. Yeah. Well, I appreciate yeah. it. Gonna... But you, again, and you're you're you're, you're non-union, so uh, I guess it doesn't. It doesn't right, matter at this okay. point.
6: It's all good, yes.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Nonetheless, uh, a surprise uh, co-host tonight, um, extraordinaire Chachi McFly joining us for, I guess he's the sole non-SAG-AFTRA uh, member on this special special show tonight. But nonetheless, let's go ahead and introduce yeah, the I rest. I'm called in
6: to run your whole entire um, theme
0: tonight. That's the theme of but SAG-AFTRA. I'll
6: for an hour. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go for an hour. So you can like have your your little SAG party after that.
0: It's quite all right. It's quite all right, Chachi. We welcome, we welcome you, obviously, here on BTB. Let's go ahead and re- introduce the rest of this amazing panel, guys. This is a multi-talented panel, guys. Um, let's go ahead and start with um, a voice that we heard um, somewhat recently. She's wep- representing the West Coast. That's right. we got to get a West Coaster in here, right? As far as our, our acting friends here on BTB. Um, She's a NASA ambassador as well. We had her on when we uh, interviewed Dr. C. Alex Young, the astrophysicist, and um, she's also a member of SAG-AFTRA. Kelly Christopher, back on BTB.
1: Hello, hello. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, Kelly. Great to have you back. Uh, We love your insight and your knowledge on everything in the entertainment world. (laughs) <laughs> That's debatable. <laughs> and and the science world. You got you got science down too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean like you said, you weren't a STEM graduate like you said on the last show, but for some reason you sound like a PhD like Dr. Alex
1: Young. That was that was an incredible interview. Um, especially when he threw one of the questions to me. He's like, Oh, maybe Kelly can talk more about That's that. And right. I was like, Oh my gosh. He actually check it had out. You answer something. So That's right, I, I, check I, I it out. Check it like, <laughs> <"I'm> out. <laughs>
0: Check it out on BelowTheBeltShow.com and all our streaming platforms. Let's introduce the rest of the panel now. The one and only actress extraordinaire, or one of her claims to fame, is the amazing film, the original Super Mario Brothers uh, with John Leguizamo. What? Yeah, she's the freaking Rican, the Puerto Rican. Hey, mommy. The one and only, the Bariqua. Desiree Velez. What's up, Desi? Hell of an introduction.
5: I prefer <laughs> yeah. to be known as the Latin and Satin. No, I'm just kidding.
4: <laughs> Latin and
0: Satin. Desiree also representing SAG-AFTRA. Uh, like we mentioned, Super Mario Bros. We'll get in that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Last but certainly not least, guys, a great friend. Also a member of SAG-AFTRA. My buddy James Malone, aka James Games.
7: I can't believe you saved me for last. I'm like,
0: (laughs) can we get a (laughs) woo? I gotta save the best for last. (laughs) A woo woo! (laughs)
7: I'm happy to be here, man. And again, I'm so glad you came to the VIP movie night. It was uh
0: yes, James.
7: it It was an honor. Let's talk
0: about that for a second. James Games hosted a VIP movie night at one of my favorite theaters, Cinemark and Towson. And for the guests, we got treated to some snacks and a free movie. That's right. Mission Impossible. The latest Mission Impossible. Um, What
7: is the subtitle, James? It's escaping
0: me. Oh, it's uh,
7: Dead Reckoning Part One.
0: Dead Reckoning Part One. Phenomenal, phenomenal film. I was a little late to the party. And thank God James had a, a VIP screening because you're like, you know what? I was like, dude, I haven't seen Mission Impossible. And James is having a screening, so... I appreciate that, James, but we're going to talk everything, um, a strike. We're going to talk everything movies tonight. So James, you are the expert in cinema. So we are happy to have you on BTB. Uh, nonetheless, James, you're also, um, podcaster yourself. Are you on, um, on break from a podcast or you're still broadcasting?
7: Uh, yeah. So we, we took a break, um, over the summer. Uh, it's the uh, sleepy games podcast where we do deep dives into films, and tv um but we'll be starting season two uh, end of this month so i'll keep you posted on that
0: excellent excellent the fall season premiere of yeah. the sleepy games podcast fantastic james uh glad that you can make it here on BTV. so um i thought we'll be fun uh, since we're doing introductions is uh and it's you know labor day uh recently is and since we're sag after members uh talk about how you got your sag card you know so I think we'd start with the the, the re- veteran Desi Velez. Tell us a story about how you obtained your SAG card, if you could.
5: Okay, here's here's the the funny comparison between East Coast and West Coast. Okay. Um, well, we're not as East Coast as New York, but I found it. I I got my SAG card so quick, it was ridiculous, and I think it's because when i started this dmv area was the fourth largest in the country for shooting because wow. we had a huge number of psas we had a huge number of government films cuz we're surrounded by the pentagon and the white house capitol hill yep yeah. capitol hill and A lot of videos in regards to sexual harassment, health, all originate here because their departments are here. Um, We did have some episodics, but mostly a lot of PSAs. Once in a while, we'd have episodics and whatever. But I was actually making a living as an actor. And I think I did a couple of spots for WSA TV Channel 9. And then nice. they liked me so much at that time, even though I was already, I looked like 16. So they cast me in the only TV series they had that originated at Chattel 9 about kids at a school and I was Doreen. So I got my my sad card like that. And yet I would talk to a friend of mine out in California that uh, I connected with years later, and he still did not have a SAC card after being in California for years. I also, it was almost, it was really not that expensive for me when I joined. Now I feel it's, I mean, for actors, yeah, it's astronomical.
0: But yeah, the dues have really, really, I mean, I guess it's part of inflation as well. But I I also
5: tell you, we could easily work New York and Philly uh, because this part of the eastern corridor, the states are so close by, it's nothing to drive from here to New. Well, I mean, it's it's a long drive, but you can do it. You know, right. where Florida is just one state, five hours, you're still in the same state. In four and a half hours, I can be in three states. You know, um, wow. but when I started, <laughs> now I'm really dating myself. You had to audition in person, or you had to send VHS tapes guys wow and it was cost (laughs) a mint. was like what is that (laughs) (laughs) or what we did here in the dmv because we didn't have a new york address because oh if you're not in new york you're you're not a real actor right um you had to get a beeper or a separate phone (laughs) with a with a 1-800 or new york phone until they finally figured out you know what the fuck these actors from down here are making it on time to our auditions in New York and I got New York actors in the other borough that can't get here on time so there was a respect Ah. for us in Philly and New York until we were actually being seen with that said I would drive our friend Johnny Alonzo we started driving from here all the way to North Carolina that had a a um they had a film studio, which is that's when I learned it's not important if you 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 live in New York or LA. And somebody might challenge me on that. But when productions go somewhere for tax incentives, they're also looking to save. If they can find someone that's good enough closer. And not have to, you know, put him up in a hotel or whatever, mm-hmm. they'll do it. So we were actually agreeing to work as locals if we got cast in North Carolina. But most of the times they, were, they had the budget, they, they put you up anyway. But I was, I, I, I was always getting guest star supporting roles. I never had any problem getting that.
4: Fantastic. With that
5: said... Because I'm older, so I'm letting you know how this works. Back then, there was no streaming, right? So That's all true. movies came out in the movie theater. Those tickets were accounted for. Remember, I don't know if you remember, but date night when I was in college, you know, and stuff, I would go to Blockbuster every Friday with my date and we would pick movies. That was like a big social thing. Okay, those rentals were accounted for. Then you know any CDs or DVD sales accounted for. So I'm still getting residuals for Super Mario Brothers.
4: Yes.
5: For Matlock. Yes. And, uh, Oz, you know the TV show Oz that they shot in Baltimore. Um, uh, the the show the Julia Dreyfus House of Cards. And if really? I can
0: comment, Desi, that, really? that's because the contracts were solid back then. But we but also, need help now. We also there now.
5: were no streaming. It, exactly. was, it was national television or film at theaters and mentals. ever since streaming came out and it really busted open for film was during the pandemic. Okay.
0: James, you had a comment?
5: No residual.
7: Uh, oh, no, no, no. I, I, I was helping her figure out the name of the show.
0: <laughs> okay. I thought your, uh, your wheels were turning for a second there. Uh, let's go to Kelly. Kelly, uh, tell us about how you earned your SAG card.
1: Um, I was working as a background actor on a film um, eons ago, many, twenty plus years. And um, we were shooting in a bar, and they had hired um, a dancer to be up on the stage, dancing as part of you know the atmosphere of the bar. And she ended up being too tall because it was a really teeny, tiny little stage. And so they had to figure out something very, very quickly. And they said, you know, can anybody dance here? And I was like, well, I was a trained dancer or whatever. So they said, all right, let's go. Let's figure out what to put her in. And let's have her just be dancing up on the stage and stuff, too. So they to heart- heartlead me. So that's how I ended up after spending yes. many, many a year as a background actor here in Los Angeles. That's how I got my side card.
0: Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Wow. Yeah, it was a lot what? of fun.
1: I was so excited. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's always exciting when you get that that eligibility <laughs> notification james malone you're probably the more, most recent sag member uh on the panel tonight tell us about how you got your sag card
7: uh so i i also started as a uh as a background actor um but it, it wasn't long since i worked on the production for uh for creed 2 and that was when we were shooting the uh the uh the main fight scene at the end and we're shooting this in philly at the, uh, you know, th- they have their own studio just outside of Philly, um, and I-, I talked to some of the SAG actors who were there since they 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 placed me right by them, and I, I was asking them how how they were able to, to get their uh, their SAG card and everything, and and they were telling me how if you get uh, three three SAG vouchers, then you are eligible to uh, to join aftra and. And and I even asked them as well. Okay, so how do you do that? Are you supposed to just like ask, or you just get lucky if they give you one. Mm-hmm. And they they told me it's like yeah, just ask, and you might get lucky. So when when they casted me for the like, I guess the next scene for Creed two, once once the guy literally called me and cast me for it, I asked him like, hey, are there are there any SAG vouchers? He's like, could you give me one of them if they're available? And he's he's like, let me see. And like he waited a minute, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll make sure you got it. So I, I, I worked th- those three days in a row, and I got a voucher for each day. And then after that, I was eligible. So I, I mean, I, I guess I kind of found like the loop, I, don't, I don't know if that's considered like a loophole or something to, to get it, but
4: no,
0: not I mean, at all. it's
7: allowed. But you know. it's
0: the most, that's the most common way.
7: Yeah. yeah, that, that is. That, yeah,
1: I mean, and it just you know you did luck out that they gave it to you for the production. I didn't know you could get three for the same production. I thought you had to be one per production, but
0: I think that, it's
5: three. It differs between states.
1: Yeah, I think
0: oh, so. Oh, okay. Los Angeles could be different, Kelly. Right? Yeah, it could be. Could be one per per project, mm-hmm. whereas yeah, mine mine was simply working multiple days. Um, and I think Chachi, you were on set a few days. Of Chris Rock's head of state, where I got yes. my elig- eligibility and must <laughs> I <was> join. There. <laughs> were you there, Vesperine? Be- Bez- they dressed Be- me as a hooker and they made me walk from one end of Baltimore to the
5: other, <laughs> and I was scared because there were dudes following me, thinking I was on <laughs> duty. You're an
0: actual hooker, right?
5: <laughs> <laughs> I look amazing. like Ginger <laughs> from Gilligan's Island after a really bad weekend of crack.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I was happy offers? enough to... Oh, any <laughs> offers, Des? Any any offers? Yeah. Ooh.
5: Well, they were offering, but I wasn't open for business. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're like, I'm an actor. I'm an
1: actor. I'm an actor.
5: I was, yeah. like, running the lines of my scene and which got cut out anyway.
0: <laughs> That's hysterical, Desi. But yes, uh, Head of State, um, that was a fantastic film. As you know, it's when Chris Rock runs for president of the United States and gets elected president of the United States. I was one of his campaign... Campaign supporters, uh persons of color, but in this yes. particular case, I was My his favorite. Eskimo, his Eskimo supporter, campaign supporter, <laughs> which uh did you rub noses in... with him? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something like that. Uh which had me in a very hot and sweaty parka, Eskimo Parka, for hours upon hours and hours, and they they felt that with the hours worked, with the um you know, having to wear. Eskimo parka and on a, I, I believe it was the summer. Actually, do you remember what the season it was? It, it was hot. I remember it being hot. It was, it
6: was hot. It was hot. And,
0: and 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 then Bernie Mac, God rest his soul, uh, said the, lamb son, you're sweating like a motherfucker.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I love
0: Bernie. <laughs> uh, yeah, rest in peace, Bernie Mac. And yeah, um, you know yeah. what? I stayed, <laughs> must join, for um three or. Four years so i, mm, I they I must too. join for three or four years until a movie called step up uh um you know uh until i had an opportunity on step up and i was working multiple days on that particular movie having the time of my life of one of one of channing tatum's buddies uh in that dance uh focused movie um uh, worked quite a bit on that and uh one day they actually Really needed my character. And I said, Well, I'm, I really can't make it. You know, I'm working. I was like, Okay, we'll give you um, another voucher. But this is, I think, your must join voucher. Like, this is your fourth voucher. You will have to join the union. And um, uh, I'm I'm glad they made me after that. And I've uh, been happy ever since. Um, well, I don't expect that is. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. but that's how I joined well, SAGAFTRA. Nowadays, they would
6: probably make them hire a real Eskimo.
0: Oh, now oh, yeah. it have to be an actual Eskimo, yeah. But
5: you know, I'm a little, I'm a little torn about this. I don't know how you guys feel because both James and Kelly, and probably and you, Al, um, got your SAG card for, and, and like with Kelly and James, it took longer to get. Maybe you got a little, little quicker, but you had to earn that. And now they're offering SAG cards to influencers. And oh, what? Yeah, these are yeah. people that are not actors. Maybe some of them are. Some of them have talent. Mm-hmm. But, but That's debatable. I think about, you know, I freaking got a Bachelor of Arts degree. Then I went and studied Shakespeare for a midsummer program in England. I had yep. to pay money for classes that I didn't have, all went on a credit. There's a lot of sacrifices I made. And I feel now you're just giving it away. Two influencers and that kind of frosts my ass a little bit.
4: My yeah, Blood pressure yeah, is
1: rising just hearing
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I mean, these are like the Kim Kardashians, uh the TikTokers out there.
5: Not um, even. And maybe they're like people that we know that show up in a bikini every day on There you um, go. On their, their social media. And you know
0: we, we do have friends and colleagues like that, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I figured <laughs> But uh, you know, I yeah, that is a debatable thing about the influencers, but uh, maybe it's a good time to segue into uh, the strike because, yes, it is still happening now, and a lot of sag After members are observing this past Labor Day on um, an industry that refuses to recognize the contributions, contributions of the workers. Uh, and the, the strike, of course, the actor strike is twofold. First, for residual payments from the major streaming giants – um, of course, a lot of actors are not seeing a lot of um, revenue from uh, stream for those streaming platforms. Uh, a lot of those streaming platforms don't disclose their numbers, so that's a big issue. And then the second major issue is AI, artificial intelligence, and uh, some protection for that because um, it's going to advance in the future, and your image could be used without your consent, and that's a big, big problem too. So.
5: Well, I found out that Europe has perimeters. We don't in this mm-hmm. country. And I don't understand why. Because if we're not careful, and I'm for this strike, it's a long time coming. And Chachi may be non-union and think this doesn't pertain. But I'm telling you, all non-union actors better wake up. Because oh. a lot of major productions use a percentage of union and non-union. They're allowed to do that. So. Right. You you can get hired on a union set and earn your SAG card if you choose to take it. But the artificial intelligence, let's let's say James and Kelly show up and they want to earn their card. They, they have to work three or four or five days. There's a little company that I bought some stock in, which I was when I was doing better. And I won't say the name, but it's a small world after all. Owns a lot of <laughs>
0: parks. And you gave it away.
5: <laughs> they got spanked because they had extras show up and they wanted to sign it them to sign a contract that they could use your image, put it in their little bank in perpetuity. That word in perpetuity has become the f word for me because a lot yeah. of non-union people in Chachi can account to this get hired by people that we know further south, and it seems every single gig that they're auditioning for, has this amount and in perpetuity written on it. So, you, that people, I mean, non-union people don't get residuals. We're not getting residuals now either, hence the strike. But they have to be careful. The non-union people have to know their value because you're not only getting paid half of what we get paid, you're getting paid even less than that, which is sad. And I've seen some major companies shoot commercials out this way like a well-known cracker brand, what is a, you, come I'm, on, you can't afford to do union. I know, I know They're paying you to. like this much and then making you sign in perpetuity. So if yeah. you set the bar low as a non-union actor, it's going to be lower. They're going to continue to use you as a doormat. Um, let's talk about Georgia. That is a second Hollywood. I've seen them. Yeah put ads for extras for $75 for the day. As a union extra, you can be held almost as almost 15 hours on set because if you're walking around in the background, you can't just go home when they edit, you, you, you know, it's gotta be right. So you're looking at people in Georgia that are working $75 for the day. Let's say they work 15 hours. You divide that up, take taxes out. They're not even earning minimum wage. And this is multi-million, billion-dollar features. They're they're taking advantage of that. All the Marvel movies, all the
0: big budget movies, The Hunger Games, so many big blockbuster films uh, filmed in Georgia. And you're right, Desi, they they pay, uh, particularly the background actors, pennies. Uh, because uh, of the that being oh, yeah. a right to right to work state, and that's definitely and if, they, uh, sc- if
1: they scan their image, non union background will be the first to go. Oh yeah.
5: Well, well, the yeah. union background would be too.
1: Well, they, in between the union or non union, they're going to dump union or non union first, and then Perfect. union after that. But I'm saying since non union background is considered to them the but, lowest of the
5: low, seventy five bucks, they're side. like, we'll save seventy five bucks. We don't even need them now. We have their image. Yes, but yeah, I was, let me you. Once they bank the image and they just want to have random people walking around in another, in another area, you know, they may not even need yeah. the union actors. Well, we don't really need them because we've got these guys that we stand. Tachi, you had a comment?
6: I was going to say, like, I was offered um, a card when I worked for um, Head of State. It was kind of like a, ca- uh, like a casting couch type of situation. Ooh, wow. You know, yeah, but. But when I got home, like, I, I, I ride the car, and it was actually for, like, the Film Actors Guild, which I found out later on was not even a real organization. So I, I kind of got screwed oh, over yeah. there.
0: Mm. The film, <laughs> oh, oh what, is, yeah. what was the acronym for that?
6: I don't know. I, I, I didn't, even, I didn't decode it, but, like, it was... <laughs> I, I was, Roger, was that's awful. Yeah, I was very, like, I'm surprised.
0: I, I can understand why he was into you. Yeah. That makes sense. OK, so there's been some like major um, um, effects of the SAG strike uh, that has happened recently. So let's uh, go over a few of them. So four months into the writer's strike and two months in the actor's strike. Um, the fear of industry workers losing their apartments and homes due to the work stoppage which has become a looming threat. Um, and, and this was a, a quote from one like nasty uh, executive from one of the streaming giants um, saying yeah. that they are going you know, mm-hmm. lose their houses and and their um uh, and their apartments and and whatnot. Um, and it's it's horrible because it it could be a reality if 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 um you know a, you know the full time working actors if they don't uh you know if they do not uh get um, that's
5: caca what they want
0: yep. yeah that's so, caca
5: as the full time working actors hence full time
4: mm-hmm.
5: have been doing pretty well. And spike strike is not going to last forever. The average actor, there was one actor that has a supporting role on a a recurring supporting role. He even stated on social media that he has side jobs that he does because he only gets paid the SAG minimum amount when he shoots. Right. Right. So let me tell you, I'm very proud of the actors. They're extremely resilient. And I understand when you get to the point where you're working regularly, you never want to go back to where you were, but with that said, you are a survivor. And the one thing that I admire about actors is they will do anything that they need to, and they have figured out ways to do different jobs yep. so that they can mm-hmm. survive and have the flexibility to book the next next job. Yep. So yep. I know the executives are waiting for us to to you know scream uncle. But I don't think it's going to happen because we're so used to living this way. We have been mm-hmm. abused for so long that it's that it's become the norm to us. That's yep. the bad part. Yep. That yep. is, and
1: the- and the, and the executives think that that's their strategy, that that's their play. But yet, they're the ones that are going to cave first because they have to answer the shareholders. And eventually, when they mm-hmm. have to keep doing those quarterly calls, and they're losing subscribers, and people are tired of watching old stuff. Or reality shows or whatever it reality is shows. There you they're go. the mm-hmm. ones that are gonna they're, yeah. they're they're gonna be on the chopping block first so they there pick the go. fight with the wrong people
0: yeah there's actually an actual um case example here uh david bach an actor who's been a part of sag with credits from Kirby enthusiasm in silicon valley the parent apparently received a grant from sag after foundations emergency assistant program Apparently, the strike had a ma- massive impact on his housing situation. He's worked one day in May, and since then, all the work has stopped. He's depleted his entire savings and having, has not been able to pay his rent the last few months. And um, although his uh, building manager property owners extended him a grace period due to good credit, um, he's had to now work in gardening and landscaping in the meantime. However, this past August received an eviction notice from the building management's company taped his front door. So that's just one example of a, a previous working actor, but it's now, um, mm. has been evicted from his uh, apartment, which is. Well,
5: I really- think too, a lot of us, and I, I know for myself mm. are still recovering from the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I was out of work for eight months, not just acting anywhere, anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I was surviving off of 200 and something a week. And when everyone was applying for unemployment, that was a cluster. You know what? It was yep. so messed up.
4: <laughs> Below
0: the belt show, Desi, you can say cluster.
5: It was a clusterfuck. There, there you were people go. that never got a check. There were people that got checks. There were people that mm-hmm. got checks and then they stopped. Then there was the fight about, oh, those lazy people wanted to stay home. You told us to stay home and save lives. So I lost my small business that took me seven years to build. I lost my job at the school and the acting. And so I still have a 20, over $20,000 debt on a major credit card. I'm now starting to chip away. I just finished paying the car off and I just finished paying a medical card off. And I'm struggling. But even, even now with the acting coming back, I'm working at a school. I'm work, I make more money face painting than I do as an actor. That's that. And I work yeah. at a warehouse at Amazon. So I I'm not insensitive to the struggle, but you can't sit there and, and rely just on the acting. You have to get out there and just Exactly. Eat to it's hmm
1: Yeah.
0: James, you're you're in a good position to talk about balancing a career in acting. Can you can you share it here on BTV? Well, uh,
7: well, and especially before the pandemic, like I, I had a balance of kind of a. Uh, working half my time in real estate and half my time in acting. And then once the pandemic hit, that's when, especially with the boom in real estate, everything just went straight to that. Um, So, and, and then, and then now, like I, I've kind of put, now it's probably like 75%, 25 acting. Um, So yeah, it, it, it definitely helps find that, find the balance, especially when, you know, you, you don't know how long this is going to last.
0: Yeah. That's a very good uh very good point there, James. Um also the US Bureau of Labor Statistics employment record um states that there's a bit a loss of sixteen thousand jobs in, in the uh, and this is just through the motion pictures uh sound recording industries um collectively, I guess from different positions, whether it's behind the camera. Um I don't know. M- probably in this case, probably mostly crew is what I'm thinking. Because the crew's affected, even though even though it's an actors and writers' strikes, the crews are not on sets because the productions have halted. You know. Yeah, nothing felt. You know, so they're definitely affected as well. You know, so
5: they have to and, have to be supportive too because remember when they went on strike, mm-hmm. when they had the big strike, especially against Netflix. Yeah. When the crew wasn't there, none of the actors were working.
4: <laughs> yeah.
5: So yep. I mean, you have to have each other's backs. I mean the, the, the writers thing. if they shit on the writers where do you think we sit in the food chain without writers we don't have a story to tell
4: right
0: yeah absolutely absolutely they need need uh, to, to appease the writers first because without a script that that's the beginning of any production is a script right and yeah, then you need yeah. the actors to perform it so that's the second part and then you need the production crew to shoot it so it's like it's a very mutually um collaborative effort, you know, mm-hmm. that, that needs to happen, you know. And uh also they they should realize, um, I mean, for instance, uh, Warner Brothers, um, they've already took a hit. And that should be like a wake up call for them. Um they just uh uh had lower adjusted earnings. Um Sorry. Apparently 300 million to 500 million negative impact on their 2023 earnings due to the strike. And this is Warner Brothers Discovery, as I said. Um, that's one of the big, big, I mean, that's Max. That's HBO Max or now Max or whatever. Um, that's Warner Brothers, right? And that's, you know, obviously all the Warner Brothers movies as well. So they're getting hit, you know, and, and, and they should realize that this is, <laughs> you know, they, they, they got to take some action. All these uh, streamers, all these members of AMPTP, definitely, definitely need to um, definitely need to uh, adhere to what we need, you know. So, may um, I ask absolutely.
5: you, have any of you qualified for health insurance from the union?
7: Nope. No.
5: And how I've many? Only, and I've only qualified
7: quali- one year. So you I'm sorry.
5: How long have you been a union member?
7: Uh, Since 2018.
5: Um, Kelly, how long have you been a union member?
7: 20 plus years.
5: Okay, Al, have you qualified? Okay, when I first started, I had health insurance with the union for about three or four four years. And then all of a sudden they started raising the amount that you had to earn to qualify. And Mm -hmm. I have never made it since. And that's the whole thing about the residuals, because if you do get some residuals, it's added to the amount they took when you did work. Yep. So that could help people. So you have 80 percent of the actors that can't get health insurance. Right. That's messing up the contributions to your retirement. Because that's part of why I was so excited when I first got my SAG card, I went, I'm a real actor now. I am going to be respected. This says I'm <laughs> professional. I'm going to have a retirement. I'm going to this. Mm-hmm. Nada. And, and um, yes, we knew what we got into when we got into it. If it was easy, everybody could do it. But for the people that are working, it frosts my ass that you have to work twice as hard after you do the job to get paid.
1: hmm
0: yeah. Yeah, Desi, I was only eligible for health insurance um one year when we did that national commercial for provincial insurance. And that was a commercial. That was a national spot. So that was my lucky gig, so to speak. Um and I'm very, very grateful for that opportunity. But haven't seen it since. That was the only only time. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it, the statistic I believe is I just took a SAG aftra Foundation seminar and it's ninety percent of actors make uh, less than twenty six thousand something, which yeah. is what's needed to qualify for health and pension. Correct. Yeah.
1: Twenty six.
0: Yeah, twenty six thousand. Ninety percent. So it's only ten percent. So that's a thing. A lot of uh people like posting memes or things like, oh, Crimey River Rich actors or whatever, you know, that's only 10%. I mean, yeah. even if it's people don't know I mean,
7: that
0: actually the millionaires are even smaller than the 10%, you know. Um um you know so yeah i mean but uh this has been a great discussion on sag aftra uh and the current strike that we uh are going through kelly james De- desiree and myself but um, i'd like to talk about some stuff going on in movies of course um you know movies are still happening there's stuff in the can there's stuff getting out there there's uh, are
5: we allowed to talk about it we are right? film- <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: Film festivals.
5: I just well, they're not our own
1: productions.
4: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> our motion. own
0: production. If we worked on it in a principal pa- capacity, then that's I think that's the uh, that's the that's no-no. the, um, the no no, right? Okay. So the top of the box office. I, I haven't even seen the first and second one, but Equalizer three. We had Denzel Washington. Forty two point three million in the four day Labor Day weekend. Um, and it's the second biggest Labor Day launch. Behind Marvel Shang-Chi and The Legends of the Ten Rings. Uh, which that made ninety-four. I mean, there's no comparison there. Big difference there. I never got into the equalizer movies. I'm happy for Denzel. I respect him as an actor, but yeah. Yeah, um, I haven't seen any of them. You haven't seen any of them? Chachi, are you an Equalizer fan? Yeah, yeah, I enjoy them. I haven't seen part
6: three yet. Hopefully okay. this
0: week. And you will see it this week and you will give give us your review, hopefully. But yes. um did, did, yeah. did
7: the third one do better than the first two in the box office, as far as the opening weekends go? Do you know?
0: Yeah, you know what? I actually uh, I might have that.
7: Uh, uh, particular... So I'm kind of curious if it's, if it's like you know the hype's been you know up and up.
0: Yeah, um, you know I don't have the comparison of of Equalizer to the first and second one. Uh, oh no, I do, I do actually. No, I take that back the first equalizer opened to 34.1 million oh. okay so that's actually a little lower and then 36 million for the sequel Thanks. i love
5: equalizers hey
0: it's very consistent though not adjusted for inflation of course
1: and what did you say this past weekend was
0: this past weekend was 42.3 million oh. thank you barbie down. and
5: oppenheimer
4: Yeah, (laughs) that's
0: right.
5: Forty-two point something million, and they don't want to pay extras and actors a little extra and give them their residuals. I know. Well, what about this statistic? Barbie. All right.
0: So it made number two. Made thirteen point one million over the weekend, but that's not the big number. This past September first, it jumped the six hundred million mark domestically. That's here in the U.S. Mm And wow. then it passed 1.35 billion. Yep. Nash, I mean globally rather, and has surpassed Super Mario Brothers. Sorry, Desi, but uh, the animated <laughs> Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> not, not your version, because I, I want to touch a little bit of that. I, you know, we can segue to that, Desi. Uh, tell us a little bit about your Super Mario Brothers experience, and I, I just read that it recently will be dropping in 4K, so you must be excited that people get to see Desi and, and Sleepwear, right? Uh, in, oh, am I getting
5: residuals?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's the question. Are you going to get those residuals? Now it's going to be on i I'm going to
5: have to ask John. I'm going to send him the message. Yeah, to-
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> Are we getting oh, residuals? going to on digital? Um, yeah. I don't. Know. I mean, I, the only reason why I knew Al is because you sent me a a note about that. But
0: yeah, sure did.
5: It it kind of got a, a cult following, and it's really funny when I when I did this thing. By the time I got the original script was funny, and I don't and talking about writer situation, I yeah. don't know what happened, but that time I got there, they had already fired fourteen or more writers. It had been on, I don't know how many revisions, and wow. as we were shooting, it became less and less of the original script, and then they uh, got rid of one director and brought a husband and wife team, and mm-hmm. I'll never forget this. hes He was British, and he didn't understand American humor, mm-hmm. and I hate to say it, but we lost a lot of the humor of the script, because I didn't understand that. I do not you know what it's like to spend 20 minutes explaining to a Brit like white on rice. You get it? Like <laughs> white on rice. I don't know yeah. why is that funny. <laughs> well, was like, because 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 rice has so much white right, and, and it's you know it's like yeah. <laughs> in context of the sentence. I'm gonna get on you like white on rice. Don't you get it? No, right. I don't. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, nonetheless, I want to see Desi Velez in 4K. So I will be watching. I will be watching. Oh, uh, you know Super what it's
5: Experience I'll never forget because I, I got for the time that we were there, it was like about three or four months. There was wow. disaster after disaster happening, and we were in maximum overtime. But I got to hang out with Fayona Shaw and mm. Bob Hoskins.
7: Mm. Nice legend.
5: Iguizamo, um Stephen Fisher another actor i'm forgetting his name oh he was real sweetheart too but we would hang out together on our time off and do shakespeare and we'd eat and i would have the most fascinating political discussions with fiona shaw and bob hoskins over the uk where politics and the religion the protestant catholic thing is so enmeshed and we don't have that here so it was just and and they both loved their country it was just so disheartening uh because they wanted people to be like here and, and get along and yeah uh, but then that was way before <laughs> our old yeah. crap went through and shut down
4: <laughs> that's hmm. true
5: yeah, we all but, along.
0: <laughs> yeah. but just to finish up the barbie thing um Yes, Barbie is at, now available to watch On Demand Premium Digital Ownership at Home. twenty nine ninety nine. dollars Wait, it 51. is?
7: Already?
0: Already, yes. I, um, I thought they were going to wait until their
7: IMAX screening.
0: Now available on a special day, my birthday, September hmm. 12th. Yes. So that's uh, something to... Uh, uh, I mean, you can order it at home, but yes, um, there will be an IMAX rollout beginning on September twenty
4: second. for your favorite
0: <laughs> Yeah, I, that that I mean, I'd love to see well Margot in IMAX, but better than in person again.
5: But that's <laughs> what I wonder, I wonder how that works Al, because they're they're cutting some side deal with the different platforms because if you think about it, it sounds like a lot of money to pay for a movie. But you could rent that movie and then have 50 people at your house watching it, where that would have normally been 50 to fifty tickets they would have sold at, what, 10, 12, maybe 15 o'clock pop in New York. I think they're yeah,
0: yeah. realizing they've already made $1.3 you know, so like, okay, let's just put No, it but in terms of
5: man. us, how do they yeah. work residuals then?
6: <laughs> oh,
0: you as far as the actors dollars. are concerned.
6: Is that $30 to own? I think that's Thirty dollars, yeah. yeah. Uh, ownership yes, at home
0: for twenty nine ninety nine, and a forty eight yeah, hour cool rental for twenty four ninety nine. Okay,
6: we well, might as well buy it for five dollars more.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for five dollars more, yeah, and it's going to be Amazon okay. Prime, Apple TV, Google Play, and Voodoo. Um, the third, fourth, and fifth films, respectively: Blue Beetle. Ran Turismo and Oppenheimer still hanging on to the top five at the box office. And
1: I finally saw it this past weekend. <laughs> Which one did you fi- what did you finally I see? I finally saw oh you Oppen-
5: finally saw Oppenheimer. Oh. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Seven point
0: two million.
5: Hmm? the weird one. How someone created a huge bomb out of joy. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> it was it was
1: definitely an interesting film. A few things I th- I thought were gonna be a little bit different. Um but I definitely need to see it again, because a lot of it, I, I think more of the political stuff that was happening in it, um, with all the communism stuff, too. I, th- I need to rewatch it for that stuff mm. so I can get more of it. Um, they, snoozing, they did a lot of mumbling, and I was like, what did they say? And I'm like, I have an oh. extra hearing. And I'm like, what?
7: what? Was it because you are dozing that's off, Kelly? classic Christopher Nolan, though. His, his sound editing <laughs> is the worst.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Terrible. Yeah, terrible. But no, I loved yeah, all what? the science aspect of it when they were talking mm-hmm. about, you know. Quantum physics and stuff. I was like, this is my kind of movie. You were, you were nerding
0: out then, <laughs> Kelly, weren't you? I was, yes. Absolutely. So this is interesting. um On BTB, we usually talk about movies in production. There's no, no movies in production currently. Everything is in the canon doing festival rounds. I only have one in production note, and then that they've uh, written the Pirates of the Caribbean six movie, and apparently uh, it was very weird. uh Apparently, a very weird script. The, the screenwriter Craig Mazin said and Disney uh, actually bought the script um so it remains to be seen whether um whether the one and only Johnny Depp reprises his role but this reboot will be led by Margot Robbie um and uh, that's the really only thing in in pre-production I guess um
1: so she's that I have here now? to I don't know it's yeah happening. yeah cuz I heard I I mean I I had heard conflicting stories I had also heard and I don't even know where to find it at this point, but I thought I heard yeah. there were there are read somewhere that she was quoted as saying, "No, they've decided to not go was... the direction with me as the lead."
6: Okay, I heard that too. That's oh, what okay. I heard, Kelly. Yeah, I heard, I heard that a while ago because they wanted Johnny Depp back,
0: and yeah, going to be like a w- you know what, your oh, is it, it, like comeback version. film. You know what? I think you're all right because uh, it said that the last Pirates movie was called Dead Men Tell No Tales. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, that's the last Pirates movie. Right, right, right. Okay. And they were do- developing uh, a female-led film. But now they, I guess, they are tight-lipped, I guess, on this particular Pirates 6 uh, script. Mm-hmm. So I guess with the intention of po- possibly bringing um, Johnny Depp back. But uh, I guess that remains I to be seen. I'd love to
5: see him back again. He just needs to, I love him so much, but he needs to, he needs to.
0: Has anybody watched wait, the, wait. uh, say, Yeah. Oh. Depp on Netflix documentary?
7: No, oh, oh.
1: I have better things to do with my time. Like ah, my hair I like your hair. hair you... Okay, can't yeah. get NASA that's a video. On
5: <laughs> cell phone. It was right here in Fairfax. <sighs> the whole trial.,.
1: I thought
5: you
7: I thought you were gonna say if like if you need your pirates fixed, like you could watch the new show, Netflix one piece
0: that's right on netflix uh-huh. that was the number one show on netflix but uh i believe yeah it's, it had...
7: it's surprisingly good you're you're it's, watching it, it are you yeah it's a more like whimsical like pirates of the caribbean I would okay say. Like, it's more supernatural
0: yeah even of course, more based on than the, Pirates on the caribbean. based on the um the popular anime and i actually had that on my tv
7: stuff I, that we were gonna... i never watched the anime i i, I never watched
0: you, it. it right it, you know
7: much anime it's right. like over a thousand episodes who is that time? Oof, Good lord. A thousand. That's someone incredible. very dedicated.
4: Try to binge that,
1: they'll be
5: end up dead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> With that many episodes, you almost would have needed to start when it started. Right. Yeah. Because now yeah. try to like catch up forget it. Yeah. All well, right. So
0: we got Are
5: you guys gonna watch the blue beetle or seen the the one about the kids? The the is it sounds of freedom? I forget what it's called well yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting is,
0: it's
7: a sound of freedom
0: yep sound of freedom is interesting that you mentioned that desi because the director alejandro monteverde has his next film called cabrini they just dropped a trailer for that that's set for a theatrical release march 8th 2024 and this is um more of a faith-based well you know bio, biographical faith-based i guess um tells the story of francesca cabrini an italian religious sister who founded the missionary sisters of the sacred heart of jesus became the first u.s citizen to be canonized a saint by the catholic church so um that's the next yeah next film
6: yeah take all his movies they're not sag right
0: yeah that's a very good point Mm. yeah I, i think and it's interesting because um night's program which i didn't announce yet i talked to Mira serino at uh the chicago fan expo as you know she stars in sound of freedom and of course she is very strict with not talking about the projects because of the sag strike so i believe sound of freedom is sag touch based on what Mira serbino oh it is okay yeah yeah well, jim
1: caviezel was in it wasn't
0: he yeah jim i mean i'm is, assuming he's it. sag right yeah yeah, yeah i believe probably. i'm really passionate christ
5: I, I I've heard that sometimes they can work out a special contract if SAG allows it for that one actor, but I don't know. I don't.
0: Oh, you mean uh, films that are already in post production? You know, um, not necessarily the interim agreement, right? You're talking I about like
5: question about that though. I don't know if you got the email or any of you guys got the email, but I got an email, and it's about this TV show that's going on. It's Third season, and it okay. has it has to do um it would shoot in Texas or something. It has to do with gangs like i I don't know if it's Mexican gangs or the cartel or whatever, but I found it so interesting because they make it sound like it's an audition, and then you submit there's all these roles, and then they come back for you to self tape but hello it's a contest. They're using you to raise funds. So in other words, you audition, and then you have to get all your friends and family to pay a dollar and watch your audition and vote, and whoever brings in the the most money gets the role.
0: That sounds like American Idol for a shitty, shitty film.
5: (laughs) I was pretty bad to SAG. They say, oh, it's a non-union film. But yet when I looked at the leads, they have considerable credit so i'm like wait a minute mm, i see are these well they, they, they still clearly
0: this? They, they clearly were working uh, under the card so to speak but uh thing you know, I want yeah,
1: i do is broadcast my auditions <laughs> 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 that is for the casting director and the producers and the director
5: only <laughs> but that, <laughs> that's where i i i want to reach out to non-union actors and say you do understand that that's a no, no, that that it's it, it goes against the sacred code of being an actor because you're supposed to win the part based on your talent, not on how many votes you sell. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like yeah, well, that's one of the big things of we're talking it.
1: about now social media following if that'll get you a role over somebody else yes that's, that's right a now big discussion in town now and people are on both sides of the fence saying yes that's true some worse. say no that's true that's not true it's it's a weird it's thing it's the
5: you're you're paying for it
1: you're, you're that's fans, even worse yeah there's paying. money involved yeah mm-hmm.
6: yeah that, yeah that's like there's annoying um what was it like maxim magazine um um
1: Oh was
0: god! Yeah. Or whatever, yeah. Vote for the, me the for studio, the Maxim woman. Government. Yeah, Maxim Honey of yeah. the Year or something. Oh my and god.
6: I think they had some that where the, you, could, you could buy votes, and you could like, like the guys could buy votes, and like they could give like super votes or something stupid. I like, guess it, it was so annoying.
1: That's very, I don't, very annoying. I don't want to see no that. wonder we all need therapy. <laughs> Jesus. <Right>. Yeah, well. <laughs> I'm oh, crap. All right. If that doesn't scream, I have low self-esteem. <laughs> or that's going to mm. give me low self-esteem. Please love so me. Oh, <laughs> I'm hoping
0: yeah. I can we can get to the rest of the movies, and then we're going to take a classic cut break with a tribute to a, a great music legend. And you probably guys know who that is. But let's see if we can get through the, the movie stuff. Uh, let's see, as you know, it's all about fall film festivals and these fall film festivals that are happening, apparently if they are under the uh, SAG contract, if they are part of AMPTP, the celebrities can't show up. They're not allowed to show up. Um, but if they are, if it's an interim agreement or an independent film not attached to the AMPTP, they can show up. So um, that's interesting to know about some of these um, film festivals, which includes <coughs> AFI which is upcoming in the fall. Of course, what's happening right now, the Venice Film Festival, Tell
4: Telly-Ride. Telly-Ride
0: Fest, yep. Telluride Festival, and uh, the Toronto Film Festival. So, uh, I was let's wondering see,
1: how, let's... how the festival season was going to go.
0: Yeah, Same. yeah. It's interesting. So uh, I got the notes on, on the Venice, but let's talk about one of the films already announced for the AFI Fest. That's the American Film Institute Festival. Uh, one of the films that will be featured is called Leave the World Behind. An apocalyptic thriller stars Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali, Ethan Hawke, Kevin Bacon, Charlie Evans. Wow, that's that's a a, that's a heck of a cast right there, guys, for sure. Wait, you say
7: Julia Roberts? Who'd you say?
0: Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali, Ethan Hawke, Charlie Evans, Kevin Bacon. And this is going to be premiering at the Chinese theater in Hollywood, on October 25th. Kelly, you're not too far from there. Yeah. You can They're crash not it.
5: Show up. Are they? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. You could, you could represent, you could represent them, but yeah. Will they be there if the SAG strike ends? Yes, they, they could be there, but this film is actually going to be exclusively on Netflix as well. And basically follows Julie Roberts character and her husband played by Ethan Hawke. as they rent a luxurious home for the weekend with their kids and their vacation is upended when two strangers arrive at night. Ooh, okay. I won't read anymore because it's probably revealing a little too much of the plot. But, but I'm, um, I'm
7: excited to see Julia in a role like that.
0: Yeah, she's a legend. She's a goat, man. She's mm-hmm. one of the best, for sure. And then, of course, she had the Tallyride Film Festival, which uh, one of my favorite actresses is Julia Garner. You know her as Ruth from Ozark. Oh, um yeah. and oh, yeah, yeah she, she's teaming up with her uh director from the assistant that big film that she did um two years back that was so she good did in, she did an incredible role yeah mm-hmm. the director's name is kitty green so it's um yeah so this so she's teaming up with jessica henwick you might know her from game of thrones and it's called the royal <gasps> it's called the royal hotel that's right and uh, also hugo weaving's attached. Um, Toby Wallace um, but this is um about a mining town in Australia and basically it's the chemistry between her and her best friend played by Jessica Henwick so it's kind of like a backpacking adventure of sorts at the Royal Hotel um, of course if it's Julia Garner you know hopefully we'll have a lot of um the uh bombs that she's known for uh, delivering as Ruth and uh you should, uh, um, if you ever watch Ozark, uh, or if you go back and watch it, I, I, not recommend playing the, the, um, drinking game every time Julia Garner says, "fuck," and you take a <laughs> shot of whiskey.
7: Everybody be go no. blind. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Is
7: is, is, is she an Australian actress?
0: She's not.
7: She's not. Okay. She's,
0: she's about New Yorker as, as you can okay. get. But she you know, she's the master of accents.
7: Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: That's, that's where i mean dude she's the ma- i mean you remember the um venting anna where she played that german heiress a wannabe heiress like oh, a fake yeah. heiress. Oh, and yeah and then she and then ruth from ozark had that southern accent so you know julia garner can do it you know
7: mm-hmm. um yep.
0: yeah so this is an interesting film with one of my favorites dakota johnson um gotta admit i was a little we get a little uh, gaga for some Dakota Johnson, man. Got um, a chance to meet her <laughs> twice. But nonetheless, this entire movie with her and Sean Penn takes place in a cab for 90 minutes. So basically, Tom Penn's a her, uh, her driver and uh, Dakota's passenger getting picked up from the airport. And basically, you're, you're riveted the entire ride uh, as, um, as Sean Penn's character is the cab driver. And driving this cab and you're wondering, um, it, it's basically the expectations of of men and women. And the whole time are is he gonna take advantage of her? You don't know. but it give some kind of I guess it gives some clues or some teases, I guess, um, after construct some up uh, some conversation, but obviously that would be spoiler territory. Um, <laughs> is it based but, on a um, play
1: or is it an original script?
0: You know, that's a good
1: question. Because uh, for me personally, what makes me nervous about films that are shot in – f- a film that's shot one spot, yeah, that gets really hard if the writing is not stellar to keep the right. in- audience, audience yes. interest for that right. long. With, uh, it's, and and it's, sometimes it's when a play is turned into a film and they'll shoot just in one location, after yeah. a while I go, is this a play? Because it's reading like a play. And the whale was one of them. Yeah. It just took place in the house. And after a while, you're like, because a play is just on the stage, right? Whereas yeah. film, you have location. So I'm curious that how that work. Go. I mean, it sounds yeah, horrible. It sounds horrible to you, yeah. but basically, will
0: Clark, played by Sean Penn, driving his last drive of the night, respect his passenger or will he make some kind of predatory move on her? So you're kind of like, I guess that's how they're they're drawing the audience in. You know, he's got creepy vibes. But
1: so it's 90 minutes of will will he or will he not rape her? Oh, wonderful!
0: Yeah.
5: I wonder if the Me yeah, Too yeah, movement we yeah. get mad about it's that. Still, it's
6: to be movie of
0: the year. Oh, <laughs> do you think? Yeah. It will be, <laughs> do you think so? Um, I
6: don't
0: Where's know. We'll see. She
6: live if he's driving
0: for an hour and a half. Yeah, that, that, 90 minutes. You're right. That's a good point. Um, she's uh, apparently yeah,
6: hell, hell of a bill, especially for a cab. I mean, she should have. Yeah. So well, that's, apparently I, that's a lot. That is a lot of money for <laughs> again. Yes.
1: yes. <laughs> Where's Where's she going? Yeah.
0: Well, she lands at JFK Airport. So I'm guessing maybe so she lives
1: in New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. New so New maybe Jersey.
0: she lives in New Jersey. Maybe she lives in Long Island. I don't know. I mean, it could take 90 minutes to get to Long Island from.
1: Or to, she may just well. say, <laughs> just drive,
6: just drive me, just keep driving. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go home. Who yeah. knows? I'm by the film. Yeah. I am treated by the film. I'm,
0: I mean, I've been in many a cab in New York, and I don't think I ever got an old white man. You have not got – oh, it's <laughs> never been a white man. <laughs> That's
4: true. <laughs> a white man, I don't yeah. know if it's,
0: it's never been a Sean Penn type, no. Maybe Uber yeah. here in Maryland. Yes.
4: But, yeah, but not, in here.
0: New, not in New York City. <laughs> That's for <laughs> sure. Uh, let's see. We also have as part of Telluride Emerald Fennel's um, Saltburn movie. And it stars Barry Kiogan and mm-hmm. um Jacob Elordi from uh, uh Euphoria. And Emerald Fennell was best known for the promising young women film, which I'm sure Kelly watched. That sounds like a movie Kelly saw. Um, I yes, I did. Yes, yes. He you, you you love all you watch all the Oscar um Buzz type movie. Yeah, series, but I yeah? think
1: I was actually on the SAG nominating committee the that year that came out, so I had to ah. watch it because <laughs> I had all the screeners. So yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, well, it's kind of like a college type of film, you know, where um, Keoghan is playing Oliver, finds himself drawn into the world of Aristocat classmate Jacob Elordi as he's invited to the family's sprawling estate for the summer, um, and that's pretty much a very vague. Um, Blog line, but uh, we'll see what happens there.
1: <laughs> I heard, I, I'm I'm already hearing um, Oscar buzz for Best Actor for him for that.
4: Real? Ooh, Oscar buzz
1: yeah. already. Ooh, mm-hmm. what? That and the Paul Giamatti one that's at Telluride right now too. The
0: that's right. It's called The Holdovers, right? Mm-hmm. What do you know about The Holdovers, Kelly? Uh,
1: that just his performance is amazing, and it's a really beautiful, heartfelt story. Um, the trailers you know really really good uh, really draws you in and it makes you really want to go on the journey of the characters in the film and in the story about what's happening so it's
4: yes. paul. We love paul, So,
7: yeah I, yes. get, I I remember seeing the trailer for that before oppenheimer yeah that one's that one stuck with me so oh yeah yes. for that one
0: mm-hmm. yeah yep paul plays this um sadistic and pompous teacher reminiscent uh, to one of the 1973s uh paper chase that brought oscar to john houseman back then so it in, um comparable to that type of character um at an all boys boarding school so sounds like a very very riveting powerful role that uh yeah that paul's gonna bring to us for that one so um and then they have an interesting interesting very interesting film called fingernails where Basically, they can test your fingernails to find out if you and your mate are compatible. What? Um, what? Yeah, it's a little weird. <laughs> so basically, they're promising no more uncertainty and no more divorce. Uh, to make sure that a couple has a true love connection, they remove one fingernail from each participant and they study the, 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 finger, the, the fingernail.
1: So, So, before you. What? I'll stay single then. That's okay. Thanks. You'll stay single. Yeah,
6: were these movies written like after
1: the writer's strike? Was this written
4: by AI?
0: Yeah. It It sounds like an AI movie. It does. But because it's in the Telluride uh, Festival now, it certainly was before the strike.
6: I I think the writers knew the strike was coming. They just wanted to fuck with these people. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Or something, or something about a fingernail, and like you know, you find your true love with a fingernail. You rip your fingernail off. Yep. Yeah, they not buy that.
1: Great. Here's ten million. Go make it. You're like, yeah. yeah.
6: Oh my god.
0: And then we talked about the Rustin uh, trailer last week, but that is also part of Tally Ride. And Desi, you you did some work on uh, Rustin in DC, didn't yeah, you? Yeah,
5: I really want to see that because I I tell you, um, I was working on craft craft services, the crew of craft services. Mm-hmm. and omg i mean it's like 300 extras plus a huge pass. and it was hot like it was today over here mm-hmm. so we had people passing out left and right no matter i mean i had a backpack that was insulated and it was ice water with water bottles and it was like a mash unit we'd go running through and you know, give bottles out, and it's, and they they had a number of medics, but when you would see the shots that they were shooting, it was so emotional, just looking at it, like, you you couldn't even hear the dialogue, but one of the things that stuck in my mind was, they cast this little girl that looked exactly, exactly like the little girl in the pictures, that's escorted by this six-foot tall men in military uniform oh oh. with rifles into school and the contrast of this teeny little baby and these big guys and you thought you know anyone that's a, a female or a parent remembers taking their kindergartner to school for the first day for kindergarten and how they're gripping you and they're afraid and and, and this little thing had to walk in without any of her family members holding her hand. And these big guys with guns and military uniforms behind her, you know? And it it just got you all teared up. And there was another scene I saw where they were following a girl going into either high school or college. And there's all these bullies, Karens behind her, getting this close to her face um oh, wow. tormenting her but but the law said you put one finger on her there's a problem so they got as close as they could to her without putting their hands on her but she wore sunglasses and uh, they told her to do that because they said this way they can't see your fear
0: wow Yes. I, I, we are allowed to talk about that by the way the 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 trailer has been dropped the the film is not out yet but i, I i'm guessing it's okay because
5: well of trailers. well it's i don't see why you can't talk because it's history like you that's can go and see the picture that's
0: true that's true you're right if it's historical i think there's the exception does he
5: but when yeah. you see it in person depicted in person it hits you different yeah at
0: okay it. there you go well you know what i think this is a good time to take a classic pet break. Luckily, television news is very light, so we'll come back. We'll talk about the Venice uh, Film Festival and some of the happenings there, some TV and um, other stuff to wrap up the show for the second half. But in the meantime, we're going to take a classic pet break. And uh, I guess, Chachi, we're going to hear your music for this one, aren't we? Um, And I I do have um, the most popular song queued up, which is a a drink, just to let you know.
5: Oh, is this music he wrote? No, no, no. This is
0: we're taking a classic cut break. Yes.
5: Oh no, no. I, 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 I thought you said we're playing your, your music. So I thought, oh, maybe oh, he's. Yeah,
0: yeah. To... Well, it's, it's yeah. the theme music for the classic cut break.
5: <laughs> oh, okay.
0: <Of> course, yeah. <laughs> so here we go.
1: Where my dogs at? It is time for King Shachi's classic cuts. Holla at your boy. No.
6: Yeah, I Chachi. did. Yeah,
1: <laughs>
6: no, but King Shachi. <laughs> <laughs> Yep.
4: I want Chachi. You.
6: Thanks for um, thinking I this.
0: Yeah, you did not write a Chachi, but nonetheless, uh, it is your classic cut theme. So uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm guessing it's an obvious one uh, for the classic cut. So go ahead and announce it. But it, I did have queued up this music icon's most popular song. So go ahead, take it away, Chachi.
6: All right. Well, thanks for saying that. I wrote that. Some of my um, best work, I think. Um, but yeah, we've been having like a lot of um, celebrity deaths, you know, recently. You know, I was definitely upset about um, Bob Barker, you know, even though he was 99. Um, yeah, anybody who grew up
0: shot last week, of course.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Like anybody who grew up, you know, as a kid in the 80s, 90s and stuff, um, even before that, you know, was homesick. You know, would sit there and watch uh, The Price is Right. I then mean, I used to watch as my um, grandmother all the time growing up. And I was over her house um and this one is a, another big one that this um happened the other day um did you uh, do you want to talk do you want to say the news a bit about this um, yeah
0: part? i mean it's it's none other than a music legend jimmy buffett uh, yeah. who sadly passed away this past friday at the age of 76 he battled skin cancer for years before his death he had a rare form of cancer merkel cell cancer it's very rare um, but uh nonetheless, um, yeah, he sadly passed away. Apparently, he had tour dates scheduled um in twenty twenty two and he had to cancel those tour dates due to his hospitalization, and apparently, those tour dates were going to be in twenty twenty three and of course, as you know, that did not happen so um,
6: yeah, and he always seemed so energetic in concert. I should get to see him in concert. Um, probably about five years ago, it's the only time I've seen him in concert, and I got like a real like last minute um, deal for like I think it was like fifteen dollars for like four seats for um, the Jimmy Buffett con- concert. You know, and I like I appreciated the songs, so but it was never like anything I would drive around in my car to listen to. But right. going to the concert and experiencing the crowd like really made me a big fan because the cr- I mean, they were so into everything he did on that stage you know that everybody there knew like all the songs knew what to do during the songs like they all dressed up in these crazy like parrot head costumes like it's just amazing what this guy has, had done with a career you know and especially because most of his songs you know were back in the 70s like how I mean how many artists who were just really big in one decade um with their music was able to like transform to have a whole career that you know made I mean, he's probably one of the um, richest entertainers. I mean, just from his um, businesses that he has. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people on this call now have um, been to Margaritaville, the restaurant, or um, what's the other one? Landshark, I think it's called.
4: Mm-hmm. But, you know,
6: both very good restaurants that, you know, when I go away, you know, usually down south you know, different, like, beach areas. be West Florida?
0: Those. That's where you live. Yeah, they yeah, actually Marvel had a parade beach. for him.
6: Yeah, yeah, I just I did Margaritaville um a few weeks ago when I was in Myrtle Beach like last month, mm-hmm. but um you know great entertainer and like and he was a super energetic on the stage which I was really surprised when I heard that he um died because you know he just seemed like in such good shape and you know now that I hear that his skin cancer that that's very sad and I assume because he always at the beach you know always performing in tropical areas on islands and stuff like you know yep. maybe that you know led to that but this is his. You know, it's got to be his biggest set he ever had, uh, Margaritaville. Yes. And, um, yeah. And, you know, rest in peace, um, Jimmy Buffett. Yes. Rest you know, in peace, I Jim.
5: saw him in concert. You did too. When I was in college, my summer jobs was doing shows at King's Dominion. Oh, okay. Yeah. And nice. as part of the, part of the, you know, the special uh, part about being employed there. Is you had a pass to come in and ride all the rides whenever you wanted and see the shows. And so a couple of us went and heard he was in concert, and I went to check him out. And I tell you, he is the most unselfish giving entertainer. Yeah. He did his concert and still stayed there an hour and a half additional. Just wow. to hang out and talk with the people and, and play with them and Never had his shoes on. Was always barefoot. <laughs> Down, having a beer. It was great. Everyone, it was it was phenomenal.
4: Right on.
0: All right. So here's the classic cut. Uh, this is uh, Jimmy Buffett, Margaritaville. And following that, my pre-recorded interview with another legend. Uh, that's right, guys. He is the man behind the Rocky Horror Picture Show. The one and only Barry Boswick. I Chicago, talked to him. Wow. Yeah, at Chicago Fan Expo, which, again, was an amazing, amazing con that I got to add to my family trip over in Chicago. I didn't think I'd be working when I was going on a family vacation, right? <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, I went to the Comic-Con, interviewed, of course, Barry Boswick. We're going to hear that after the classic cut. And at the end of the program, Mirror Servino, which, of course, is an amazing interview. She's in sound of freedom as you know and uh will be talking to us uh, at the end of the program but nonetheless he's this guy barry boswick best known for his role as brad majors from the uh, rocky heart picture so it's brief interview i'll be playing right after the classic cut so yeah. we'll take a break and we'll be back right after that and we're saying goodbye to two people on the panel i, I believe yeah, um yes. Tachi mcfly and kelly christopher Kelly, if you are deciding to stick around, you might have a bestie joining you, joining us if you want to stick around. It's up to you.
4: Kelly, I think you're I can
0: mute. stay. <laughs> oh, you think you can? All right, cool. <laughs> I don't think I've had these two West Coast powerhouses on the same uh, BTB before. So I think this might – if I'm wrong, Kelly, but I don't think you and our special – Special, special West Coaster we'll announce when he uh, arrives on the program. But nonetheless, let's go ahead and say goodbye to Chachi McFly. Thank you for calling in on your drive home, Chachi.
6: Right. Driving home from Ocean City, which, by the way, is supposed to be getting a Margaritaville hotel um, in the near future. And And by um, the way,
0: this is the best you sounded, so I would forego those earbuds. (laughs)
6: <laughs> well, yeah, I, I can't. I can't hold the phone up when I'm driving like this.
4: But, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. there you go.
6: And actually, when I was driving uh, just a little while ago, my car hit 100,000 miles as we were driving, which is always a weird um threshold when you have a car. That's that's. So you a hit 100,000 miles.
5: Have to do the kiss the bumper dance. You got to pull over, run around three times, and kiss your bumper.
6: Uh, it would have been very awkward in '95 if I did that, but. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, for right. everybody on the panel, good luck with your strike. Hopefully it would um, end soon and you get the deals that you want.
0: Yeah. Chachi, don't forget next week, the birthday show for yours
6: truly, BP Al Soto. Well, happy early birthday.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, Chachi, thanks for joining.
6: Right. See you. See ya, Chachi. Bye. Bye All ya. right. Uh, also,
0: we're going to say goodbye to Desi Velez. Thank you so much uh, for joining us Ciao here bella. on BTB. Ciao, Bella. Thank you so much Ciao, for joining.
7: Ciao,
0: Bye. Bye. All right. All right. Um so here it is once again. This is the classic cut followed by our interview with Barry boswick This is Jimmy Buffett.
7: Margaritaville. Wishin' away again in Margaritaville. Searching for my lost sugar sauce.
0: Legend, Barry Are you ba- be in this? yes, why not? Yep. Barry Boswick, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: can't
0: <get> up <laughs> <laughs> We're Barry Boswick, guys, acting legend here at this amazing Chicago Fan Expo. Barry, you having a fun time
3: so what far? Legend actually means somebody yelled, You're a legend the other day to me.
0: When your IMDb page is like 50 pages.
3: Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. I'm a legend. Yeah. Or I'm a whore. One <laughs> yeah, of the two. It could be one of the two. You know, I, or I just do things for money just <laughs> to put them on the IMDb page. That's believe true. me, I've done. Yeah, and, uh, sometimes to,
0: we do. Yeah, sometimes we'll just take just whatever so, project. Just so,
3: they, just so they, people in the industry feel that you're still working. Yeah. You know, so I'll do maybe one every couple of years mm-hmm. that I know is just filling in a crack. I mean, Sometimes. I'm always working on something, but, you know, if there's been a couple of months, I will, uh, this is more information than you need to know. Okay. <laughs> but sadly, we're in the middle of a strike right
0: now, so I, I, was, th- I was curious on your thoughts on yeah. the sag after strike going on right now. How's it affected you personally? Uh, were you in the middle of anything when uh, the strike uh, happens?
3: Well, no, I, well, I have a movie coming out. Uh, I'm not supposed to say the name. Mm -hmm. Because of the SAG strike, right? Mm -hmm. We can talk about the strike Yeah, they're talking about the strike Well, But you know the thing I can talk about is the Rocky Horror Picture Show That's true Because we made it 48 years ago And it was under a British equity contract Mm -hmm. So it had nothing to do with Screen Actors Guild But because of that We as a cast never made a nickel Uh, Somebody's made a, a, a half a billion dollars off of this movie so it's a I, travesty of justice. It is a travesty of justice, right? Well, and uh, uh, but it has given us 48 years of love from fans and from mm-hmm. the shadow casts all over the world. That's true. And the fact that we did something that maybe might have had some kind of social impact. Absolutely. So you said 48 years,
0: so the big 50th is uh, just two years away. Yeah. Any uh, sp- specific plans for the film for the big 5
3: Let's just see if we're all still alive. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I mean, I mean, we've, uh, yeah, well, we lost meat last year. We lost uh, uh, a, a few of the cast members. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, a few of us are just have one foot in the grave anyway, so it's... I don't. Why are you listening to me? Why? Why, why are you even talking to me? No, well, I, 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 I 50th, Nobody has really organized anything yet. Yeah. We're looking forward to some. Something will happen. Disney owns the film now. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, they probably won't do anything with it because they don't know what they have. And I would hope Disney would
0: kind of just keep the original as it is. I know they like to tinker and like yeah. to reboot things. Right. What would your thoughts if they were to reboot uh, the Rock Carpenter show? Uh, what would
3: you- Rebooting would be... They tried it on Fox a number of years ago. Yeah. And it was a, a terrible idea. Yeah, yeah. Because <clears throat> to make it more popular to a general audience, they had to really tone it down. Mm-hmm. And they had to build up the big you know exciting dance numbers and this and that yeah. but they had to cut out a lot of the dark underbelly of what this movie is really about I mean it's a reflection of you know what was going on in mid 70's when we made it and uh, you know it's a campy version of midnight movies or, or horror films and musicals mm-hmm. of the time and this and that but it's a really dark movie you know Oh yeah. And the ending when we first released the film they had an upbeat ending and then finally they they put the the other ending on with superheroes which is a song and and you know crawling on the planet's face you know some insects called the human race you know it's 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 a it's a real warning you know, to uh, debauchery and overindulging. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: we, we all love the film. It's a cult classic. Yeah. Now, we're here at Comic-Con. We're here at Fan Expo. Right. It's all about fandoms. Are there any particular fandoms that you're personally a fan of uh, that you maybe would love to have? Maybe a Marvel movie or a, a Star Wars series on, on your resume?
3: Uh, yeah, but, you know, it's... Um those uh, those kinds of movies there's they always fill in the characters that I would be right for now with mm-hmm. you know m- movie stars people big movie stars you know mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not quite sure how I would be cast other than a president which I played oh, or a main totally Oh, you know yes. that kind of thing uh, but uh, there's there's too much competition in show business I think right now in the community, yes. For me to, uh, to be in one of those, I'd love to be in one of those kinds of movies. I just, just to see how they're made, just to see how what the process is because they're so complicated. And you know, whenever I go see one, which is not very often, I'm always amazed by the tech, technological advancements that they, you know, and 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 I'm always questioning. Usually the first thing out of my mouth is, well how did they do that? You know, how did how did they make that? And
0: amazing what computer graphics can do. Know, right?
3: <laughs> and that's it's completely I, different. Yeah, that's what, you know, and I'm I'm always I am always generated more towards the human stories, you know, the yeah. the wow. family stories, the with more heart. Yeah. 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 Fantastic.
0: Well Barry, thank you so much for talking to us here on Below the Belch. I'm getting the signal to wrap things up. But of course, Fan Expo it wasn't, it wasn't below the belt. It wasn't below the belt, but uh, we got a little preview of that earlier. Um, oh no,
3: yeah, and go back down. <laughs> I'll see you later. Yeah, and there, yeah, watch that promo. Let us know who you are, and you're on Below the Belt Show. Hi, I'm Barry Bostwick, and I'm on Below the Belt Show. That's what you want? I don't know. That's what you got.
0: All right. Wow. Jimmy Buffett, Margaritaville, followed by my interview with legend Barry Boswick from Chicago Fan Expo. That's Brad Majors from Rocky Heart Picture Show. But nonetheless, oh, man, reflecting on uh, what an icon that Jimmy Buffett was. Uh, were that you, were song you singing? is
7: timeless, man. Like I, I'll never tire hearing that song, especially hearing it live. Like, or like oh. if I'm at a bar, restaurant, someone, someone plays it on, you know, acoustic guitar or whatever, like. I'm always singing along and doing the salt, 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 always, salt.
0: always. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely, wow! And of course, Barry Boswick. Um, brief but great interview. He was a lot of fun. Um, you know, he talked. Of course, he could talk freely about Rocky Horror Picture Show mm-hmm. because it that was before uh, SAG. After was a union back in the '70s when he did that movie. So wow. he could freely talk about that one. That's for sure. How old but, is he now? Um, Oh my god, he's in his how old is he? I just had his uh oh yeah, he is now seventy-eight years old. Wow. Again, a legend. Um it's funny because uh he's going he was going, oh, below the Belcher, don't you mean down there? Why don't you chuck it up there? <laughs> <laughs> he would have, have cross, that
7: he would have it.
0: it. <laughs> he has it. Barry Boswick is certainly a legend, but um Let's just uh, wrap up movies with uh, a couple more festivals and then a couple TV things. So, uh, the Toronto Film Festival, another big festival that's happening. Um, and Amanda Seyfried's, uh revealed that she will not be attending the world premiere of her Seven Veils film, even though the film had a um, an agreement. You know, she still thought that uh, it wasn't appropriate to to show up which is interesting because uh it was the film was given a waiver by SAG-AFTRA you know because it's a uh, independent Canadian movie but Amanda Seyfried said it still doesn't feel right to head to the festival in light of the strike so
1: I think it's a good call because if you because it people in, in in the future may go oh she during the strike, she went, you know, to her film festival with her big film, whatever. And then she's going to have to over and over and over again go, there was an agreement. I was allowed. to. So at this, this point, she's just like, mm, I'm not going to go. Nope, it's not worth it.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Well, if you want to know, we mentioned the, this film, I believe, it, um, when we first got uh, word of it. But it's an opera-themed drama, um, which she's safe read as uh, Janine, a tortured theater director has been tasked with remounting her former mentor's more, most famous work and adaptation of the opera, Salome, from composer Richard Strauss, based on the play by Oscar Wilde. That's a um, wild line there, of course. And um, another um, film, which is a complete Dutch film by Mad Mikkelsen, as of course, you know, he's made his way to in American cinema, but he's going to his roots and uh, doing a film called The Promised Land and it takes place in the year 1755 um and uh yes this is um a film that was featured not only in the toronto international film festival but also playing in competition in venice film festival so it's a pretty powerful trailer couldn't understand the damn thing (laughs) even even if it had the closed caption it's still (laughs) you're kind of just kind of i don't know watching closed caption (laughs) Well, foreign films. Uh, yeah, sometimes it's a little easier to uh, to watch English dub. I don't. Know. Do you prefer one or the other when you're watching a foreign film? Do you, Do would you? Are you okay watching subtitles or would you rather watch the English dub? Which way you guys?
7: Always go the sub. Always the way the film's initially intended to be watched.
1: Really? Okay. Yes. Interesting. Yes. I'm getting uh, I'm getting more used to subtitles because the way their sound mixing shows anymore in in film that the sound is so loud and the dialogue is so quiet. I'm sick and tired of volume up volume down volume up volume yeah. down. so i yeah. just have subtitles on for everything now so my brain is getting used to words <laughs> words watch words watch
7: yep
0: there was some inconsistencies when i was watching squid game yeah
7: i, I knew you were gonna mention that because that, that was probably one of the worst dubs i've seen yeah there were some very distracting <laughs> moments and I'm, I'm like how can you watch this like just yeah. subtitles come on
0: Oh, I know, yep. and I don't know if for whatever you know, this reason. You is I true think she, acting, you know? Yeah, you, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So interesting. So the Venice Film Festival, the final film festival on my um, movie list here, uh, this is the 80th edition. Wow. And as you know, um, due to the strike, a lot of actors are not going to be showing up. Um, apparently, SAG-AFTRA has an interim agreement with Ferrari, Adam Driver's film, so he took to the red carpet. Bradley Cooper who's doing that Maestro film apparently he skipped it um but um interestingly enough Ma- uh, Maestro uh this is the uh 5 years after a star is born you know Bradley Cooper a long awaited second film as director it's a, it's amazing how yeah, a director actually direct himself because he directed himself uh, in a Star is Born and also mm-hmm. is doing the same for this one And of course, he's playing Leonard Bernstein, and there's a little bit of controversy because he's doing a prosthetic nose. A lot of people said it's anti-Semitic, which I I don't know if I mean, look at uh, the whale. I mean, look at uh, Brendan Fraser when he was in that suit. I mean, I don't think too many people were up in arms about that. And I think it's just trying to capture the look of the Leonard Bernstein as it wasn't overly huge or comical. It was just.
1: Nicole so, Kidman won her Oscar wearing a prosthetic nose for *The Hours*. Oh,
0: what? Which mm-hmm. movie was that for? *The Hours*. *The Hours*. She wore. Yeah, Bethel.
1: she had a pro. It didn't even look like her.
0: Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. See, there's a, there's an example right there. There's um, a difference but,
1: between wearing a nose to make fun of who he, you know, the culture yes. of the you know the mm-hmm. ethnicity he's playing, right. like black faced, right? Or right. The, the person you have to look like. You wanna look as much like the person as possible exactly. to do yeah. justice to the person you're portraying. Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly. Kelly Murphy did he barely ate so he could, you know, look as much like Oppenheimer as he could. It's why yep. he had like the very, you know, sunken face and he was very yeah. skinny and He
7: yeah. really did.
0: Yeah. Yep, exactly. And of course they always measure by standing ovations at these European festivals. They do it for Canada, they do it for <laughs> <laughs> what they do for venice and this one had a seven minute standing o. that's how you know your 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 film did well as if uh there's a standing o uh, for an extended amount of time um what, so what that
1: must be like wow to continually yeah. be like oh, okay, thank you oh <laughs> i mean after like five
0: minutes he'd be like okay right, oh, yeah, <laughs> so tying the maestro um which is interesting because the they didn't um they just do an elvis movie they're doing a, now a priscilla movie Well priscilla presley's memoir
4: oh her- elvis and her- me. it's is like, elvis
0: like mm-hmm. yeah i guess so but it's like um this is sofia coppola's um project Ooh. this one again i got a seven minute standing O, and um Apparently, they're saying there are some differences. They're saying it's the exact opposite of Elvis. Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, B-side to Baz Luhrmann's hard-bitten A-side. Not sure what that analogy is alluding to, but um, I don't know. But they're also saying that um, Jacob Alordi, who this actor is kind of blowing up, and he was the the guy on from uh, Euphoria, is playing mm-hmm. Elvis this time. Uh, and um, uh, they're saying that. that they're saying even though that um, Austin Butler's performance is great and Chris was nominated uh, for the Oscar, Lordy has the look down,
4: mm.
0: so which is interesting. Well, I
1: thought so, I thought um you thought Austin Butler had the the, I, the look? he had, he has that like the same lip. Okay, shape.
4: yeah, he had that.
1: Yeah, he had that.
4: Yeah sorry but I, I don't know i
0: don't know like if I'm glad now. you guys can see me i was like <laughs> the, the wavy could, lips, could, uh, could, curl? The lip curl right yeah. yeah but beating them in a standing o time period is a 10 minute standing ovation for the movie core things all right so this is emma stone mark ruffalo Willem Dafoe, oh, and rami you've heard about this you've yeah. heard of this one yeah yeah yes apparently is herald heralded as a new classic for the ages it's a very racy role for emma stone from what i'm being told she plays a young woman named bella baxter who is brought back to life by a brilliant scientist wow Ooh. brought back to life Ooh. okay um and apparently um they're saying that a lot of the scenes are pretty graphic um mm. you know and you that's hard that, Okay. It's a hard R, yeah. And this be- Bella Baxter character is so very Frankenstein-like, is what they're saying. Hmm. Um, she attempts. So uh, Emma Stone's uh, character attempts suicide only to be reanimated Frankenstein-like by a clearly unhinged surgeon and scientist played by Willem Dafoe. Oh, Sorry for that. Yeah. So that sounds a little good. That sounds like a great film. A um, little bit of a. Uh, shorter duration is a four minute standing out. So not as good. Um, but nonetheless, it was a short film. So, you know, short film, shorter standing. All right. <laughs> it's a Wes Anderson's film, the wonderful story of Henry Sugar. And I mean, you know, it's short. It's a short film, but it doesn't it definitely has names. as Benedict Cumberbatch, that Patel, Ralph Fiennes. And it's a quirky comedy. Um, so um, it's based on... Roa Dahl's 1977 short story collection, The Wonderful, sorry, The Wonder Story of Henry Sugar. Um, so it's basically an anthology made up of all these short films. And then there's like less than that, but like a very tepid, like mm, golf clap of an applause. It's a three minute applause, all right? Only now, three the, minutes,
1: God forbid.
0: But very tepid at the same time. There's a reason for that. The director mm. is disgraced film director roman polanski oh,
1: she's funny. Yeah.
0: yes so um he premiered his black comedy the, the palace and uh apparently he's been able to have quite a career uh in europe you know producing films in europe and um of course you know crimes that he allegedly committed uh sexual assault allegations were back in the 70s um and of course, he admitted it, and he, you know, apologized for it. But yet, you know, there, there. Apparently, some people, there, you know, there's no redemption on that one as severe as that, regardless of how young he was at the time. But, um, but he was able to make himself a career in, in Europe, nonetheless, for, for this particular film. But you know, they gave him a three-minute, you know, applause. You know, tepid, tepid applause is what they're saying. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> So basically, it's a screenplay he wrote alongside Jerry Glomomowski and Iwa Piahaska. Well, sorry about the pronunciation of those names, but it takes place New Year's Eve, 1999, uh, when a dinner party at Switzerland's Gestad Palace Hotel takes an unexpected turn. So there you go. That's basically what that one's about. Um, And two other films that are on Netflix, a part of the. Great Venice Film Festival. David Fincher's The Killer.
7: I want to see that so bad.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Stars Michael Fassbender. A five minute standing out. All right. A little better than the uh, Polanski. <laughs>
1: good. It's but good to know they're, they're not just giving out, you know, seven to 10 minute applause for everybody Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. They're they're only a five.
1: Standards. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Fassbender
0: stars along, uh, side Tilda Swinton but uh of course they did not attend the venice film uh, festival because of the sag after strike because it already has attachment than netflix so that's already you know um up
7: yeah, I, I, I feel like they'll give more of a standing ovation if they were actually there you know like yeah yeah
1: that I mean, for that's a good point cause,
7: you Well, because c- c- i remember seeing so many videos of especially when brendan fraser was there for the whale. You know, yeah. he was there for the standing ovation. Like, that's why everyone's clapping so much. You know, I mean, it, it was great and everything. But, you know, you, you want to clap for the person who's, you know, the, the reason works. why you're clapping is for his, the performance. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. That's, a, that's a good point. That's probably um, a big part of it as well. Maybe, so you saw the trailer uh, or you I read did. about the killer, James? Yeah. Yes. I saw it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It apparently has a very clever script, very dazzling action scenes, and is a must must-watch, must-watch on Netflix. Um, so Michael Fassbender plays an assassin character.
7: No, is that going to be in theaters before Netflix, or is that just going straight to Netflix?
0: Good question. Apparently, that will have um, apparently it's set to release exclusively from Netflix. That's right. Um, that's how on I November saw it with the Netflix ad when I was yeah playing. yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's
0: it. So interesting how some films um, decide to go straight to Netflix because that. Put some out of Oscar contention. You have to have limited theater release before it drops. But
1: and I understand that they're changing the rules for this year. Are they changing the rule. Yeah, okay. but you have to. I think before the rule was it has to play for two weeks. Okay. In theaters to be considered for Oscars. And now I don't know what the I, I read they're changing the rule and it's going to be extended, so it can't be just two weeks because people were like sneaking their things in at the last minute, like two weeks. Alright, yeah. Oh, yeah. So now yeah. they're making it a little bit tougher oh
0: okay good good yeah i mean you know that's, that's what they're it's called cinema for a reason you know they watch in a theater yeah um so the top five netflix movies right now includes um you are so not invited to my bat mitzvah the number one film this is uh, adam sandler's <laughs> film almost 22 million views in the second uh release is supposedly and, uh,
1: his most popular film now on that platform. yeah mm-hmm. that's
0: right the most popular one and of course uh The animated movie, The Monkey King, uh, Gal Gadot's Heart of Stone, the Mm. romantic comedy Choose Love, and uh, Big George Foreman, The Miracle Story of the Once and Future Heavyweight Champion of the World, uh, respectively, in the second, third, fourth, and fifth on Netflix. Uh, For television on Netflix, James, your favorite, One Piece, uh, The Top Spot.
7: It's good.
0: (laughs) Yes. The number one, uh, 18.5 million viewers since its premiere. Oh, really? That many? Wow. Yeah, 18.5 million viewers since the August 31st premiere. Wow. Um, that uh, apparently second place is the Who is Aaron Carter, which is the previous last week's winner. Uh, 15.8 mm. million, the number two. And uh, if you're a fan of The Crown on Netflix, it was revealed that the 2005 role wedding between Prince Charles and Camilla Parker Bowles' um, wedding, will be featured in the sixth and final season of The Crown. So um, that's Dominic West from The Wire uh, <laughs> and Olivia Williams, uh, who's playing uh, Queen Camilla. Um, so uh, wow. yeah, yep. so that's the mm. final, final season of uh, that. That's been an, um, an Emmy darling for quite a while, The Crown, you know, so
2: great performances. Uh, it, was,
0: it was well-deserved. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you a, a fan of The Crown? I haven't, I, you know, I watched a little bit of the first season. I think just to see what all the buzz is about, but uh, it didn't. Yeah, I,
1: I was, yeah. I was definitely a fan. Of, I mean, I've liked everybody in their roles. It's a different, it's a different take on the same characters and having different actors play them every two seasons as the characters in real life. The people in real life get older. Um, That's right. But they didn't tell people that. At the start of the series, so when it was announced that Claire Foy wasn't and um, uh, Matt Smith weren't no longer going to be playing the king and queen, I mean, you know, the queen and Prince Philip, Um, right? Everybody really got really upset because they did
7: such a good job. Good job.
1: And not to say that the next set and the next set that they aren't doing an amazing job as well too, but everybody fell in love with the two of them. Those that I know, I was heartbroken, but. No, I am a fan of the, of the, of the show. I'm i I'm a little behind on this series. Um, but yeah, no, it was. I felt the same
0: way with game, uh, the Game of Thrones spinoff, House of the Dragon, when they had those younger actors, uh, uh, for six episodes and they changed them midway through the season when I think they should have brought in the newer, the, the older versions of those characters in second season. That's how I think they should have handled it because yeah, I don't know. It just felt too, too rushed. Uh, nonetheless, um. But that's mm-hmm. Netflix. So we'll move on to another uh, favorite streaming platform in Disney, Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. So you can see Little Mermaid on September sixth. Uh, it's going to be dropping <gasps> oh, on there. Really? Oh, good. Okay. Yes, I, I, I haven't so, seen
4: that yet.
0: Yes, yes, that's good awesome. news. Because yeah. I, had, I didn't get a chance to go to the theaters for that particular film as well. <laughs> um, but yes, the um, live action movie starring Halle Bailey as Ariel will be uh, able to stream then. And then, of course, with the strike, they had to move some changes to the Marvel Disney Plus shows. So apparently um, season two of What If, will um, the animated series, will now um, drop on December. Apparently it was supposed to debut earlier this
7: year. but Really? I, for, I haven't seen any trailers yet or anything.
0: Yeah. So December, they should sure have a trailer by now if it's going to be dropping in December, right? yeah i think it's september it. yeah. yeah and then of course echo the spin-off of hawkeye mm. which is marvel's first native american deaf superhero moved to january 2024 that was supposed to drop in november of this year mm. um x-men 97 an update of the popular x-men series in the 90s which i loved back way back when is now going to be dropping in 2024 early 2024 previously fall of 2023 and WandaVision Agatha spinoff, off the one division spinoff Agatha now uh will debut in the fall twenty twenty four around the Halloween season. So all those uh all those shows are gonna be uh, moving around a bit, but Loki Loki still remaining um uh on its normal spot uh, of October sixth. Hopefully that doesn't okay. get delayed any more than it should, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Um I'm really looking forward to Loki. Um Loki two uh Definitely yeah. was one of the stronger Marvel series. I don't know, uh, James, did you tune in to Loki?
7: Yes, I did, and that's definitely the one I'm looking forward to the most as far as the Marvel shows, because yeah. I feel like recently they've been a little bit on the disappointing side.
0: Yes, yes. That the, I mean, I enjoyed Secret Invasion, but no, was it wasn't one of the better ones. No, it wasn't one of the better series. I mean, it had a lot of promise with some great actors, like you know the mother yeah. of dragons Daenerys targaryen and samuel jackson but it uh, i guess it didn't uh measure up to the rest of those um the rest of the uh, other shows on on marvel shows on um disney and then we move on to hbo max sorry just max there's no more hbo <laughs> uh apparently um they just have they have an update on the last of a season two which if you're not watching the last of us guys it is a must-see show james
7: obviously yes yes okay good Especially good being such a big fan of the game okay good they brought like it was a perfect adaption like yeah. that, that that is still the best like video game adaption ever made
4: yeah
0: sure. so season season two uh apparently is all outlined and ready to go as soon as the okay. uh, the writers strike ass and the strike, i, I want to hear about
7: the casting that's what i want to
0: know. yes yeah, so they outlined the the script um uh have they cast the um the daughter of the doctor i, I don't know if they have yet i'm, I'm not i'm not sure about it I could be mistaken they did announce who that was but
7: also is that a spoiler?
0: Um, well Are you it's, a, it right now? it's a it's a spoiler if I continue out after that. <laughs> so sorry. Uh, oh my god. Is it, a, is it considered a spoiler if the game is already out there and you're ready to find it. Considered, playing the okay. game. Because <laughs> that's like it's like, not, it's like not,
7: it's not everyone I, reads the book of a book <laughs> adaption. <laughs> but
0: even though it's gonna stay true to the to the game because that's what they did with season one, they're saying us part two will be can be split for
1: more than one season
7: yes it, it's a yes. longer game since so that makes sense okay yeah
1: exactly so uh so you, i guess you can consider that then three quarters of a spoiler yeah. because people <laughs> could play the game and find out the they end. could yeah. <laughs> so my half spoiler would be if it's uh, based off a book because they can just yeah. go out and read the book right Right. right. So there are some people out there already with the knowledge. A yeah. full spoiler is they've locked down the set, people signed NDAs, nobody knows what's going to happen, and then it leaks. Then I would consider that a full full yeah. spoiler
0: in uh, my own head.
1: Gotcha, so gotcha. sadly, I
0: have to announce that um, our guest uh, co-host and uh, one of the besties of Kelly Christopher, and I can announce is also one of my great friends, Art Hall from the That Was Disappointing podcast. The baby is screaming his goddamn head off <laughs> so what else he's trying is trying to new? put in the bed and he said it's not looking good so Aww. um i was hoping to have this kelly and art for the first time on btv it has not happened we've had them individually but not together because they they are a fixture on the that was disappointing podcast so everybody here is a part of a podcast below the belt show we have that was disappointing with the uh, sleepy uh, games podcast as well so I think that's kind of cool. And of course, um, it's all about love, man, and promoting each other. So that's what it's all about. (laughs) That's for sure.
4: Yes.
0: Mm. Art. um, Yes. We, we love you art and uh, we'll have you on a future show. We'll make that reunion happen soon, Kelly. Hopefully that will happen. Cool. All right. uh, Over on Amazon, not much on Amazon, but Eddie Murphy has a holiday film. uh, That's going to drop called Candy Cane Lane. So this is Eddie Murphy's first holiday movie role I'm, I'm surprised to hear that um that he's doing uh, a holiday
1: too. film or that it's his first one
0: yeah that is his first one <clears throat> that's if this is correct it's like wow is eddie murphy's never done a christmas movie before um which i think is really interesting you figured the guy's kind of long seems career. like he, he would
7: have yeah
0: he would have done one right oh with
1: like his comedy <laughs> or something like that
0: right yeah. yeah yeah maybe so yeah
1: but there was um, no there was no christmas Section in any of the uh, um, Axel Foley films. <laughs> I know there, there should have been one. <laughs> and then you can have the hills, people right? on the internet debate if it was a Christmas one or not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah, the comedy uh, icon that is Eddie Murphy stars as Chris, a set on winning his neighborhood's annual Christmas home decoration contest. It strikes a deal with Pepper, an elf, to increase his probability of winning, and he he casts a spell on him. To bring the 12 days of Christmas to life. Okay. Nice. That sounds like a great, nice holiday
1: movie, right? So if he makes a deal with an elf, then he might be playing like the hard-nosed, jerk CEO kind of a guy, right? It could,
4: he it could. he would
1: be really good at.
0: <laughs> yeah, it could be. It could go that route, but then it could be very um charitable. I mean, it is the 12 days of Christmas and, you know, 12, 12 things can be wished that uh, could be for the greater good. So it could go, That way as well. Um, (laughs) So that's going to be on uh, Amazon over on Hulu. Um, This trail looks really amazing. It's a a sci-fi film that's going straight to Hulu, so it won't be in theaters. It's called No One Will Save You, and it's like a horror sci-fi. It stars Caitlin Deaver. You might know her from Smart* or Dope Sick, who um, basically comes home to aliens on her doorstep. And it's a basically a home invasion thriller revealing that the invaders are not from our planets. Um, and it takes place in the seventies. So it's a period piece. So that should be fun. Um, if you're a fan of how I met your father, it has been canceled. Really? Um, this, the spin-off of how I met your mother. Yes. Hillary Duff. Love some Hillary Duff. Uh, enjoyed that younger TV show. That was a lot of fun. um, but yeah, no. But luckily, they revealed who the father of the child was in the in the season finale uh, this past summer. Um,
7: it's actually just even
0: last last month.
7: Is it Barney? Did, did you
0: you know Barney. what? <laughs> what it, was it Barney the, the whole time? I
7: brother.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if it's, uh, they spoiled this one. Yeah, I don't think they revealed well, uh, revealed who uh, the father was in this in this new source that I have. Um, uh, all right, Paramount. Um, does anyone watch Linus, first of all? Because it was shot I uh, locally. I haven't started yet. I haven't. Okay, I haven't started yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. The finale dropped this past Sunday. It was crazy. So I won't get into spoiler territory I for haven't. those that want want to watch. I feel that's fair. But, you know, I want – it's a thing, man. You know, that's why we hope the strike ends, not only for to bring productions in general, but to bring a great production like mm-hmm. Special Ops Linus that gave actors from our region games – um and that's dc maryland virginia area more television uh opportunities of course you know desi who was with us earlier was alluding to at one point way back when DMV was the number four uh market um of course it's far from the number four market now but um you know shows like *Lioness*, shows like lady in the lake shows like we own the city is what uh you know we're happy to have um come through and hopefully more productions um will come and of course let's just uh hope that the uh that the uh strike uh is uh ends and everybody is happy
7: wait so have you heard any news about lady in the lake i haven't heard anything about release dates or anything for but that i don't
0: think they've announced um a drop date for lady in the lake uh yet and i have a feeling it's gonna be in 2024 yeah i mean basically they would have announced a series that was, is going to be released but i don't know they did a christmas episode so i don't know you know is it like you know i don't know so uh i don't know they they really haven't made an announcement on that yet um have you heard otherwise i don't know
7: no i i, I talked to talked to uh, janae about it uh, janae palmer um, yes, Janae cool. was
0: um we can say, right, she was a stand-in yes. for Natalie Portman. Yeah. Yes, she
7: was a full time stand-in. Um yeah, she doesn't know anything either. I'm actually I'm actually I'm going to her wedding uh in two weeks three weeks.
0: Nice yeah. congratulations to local actress you, Janae. Janae Palmer. <laughs> That's congratulations. Janae and I are actually in a film together. We didn't we would having have any scenes together, but it's a great indie film. And, and you know, I'll I'll mention it really briefly. I know where uh it's still uh, it's a film that the is considered a SAG film but it's called Step Back Doors Closing uh, shot in Washington DC and um, when I can talk about it more when I'm allowed to talk about it more I'd love to but uh, I'm really happy with the, uh, being a part of that particular project but nonetheless um, but nonetheless yeah watch Linus dude it's great it's compelling television it's, it's Zoe Saldana it's Nicole Kidman it's Michael Kelly from House of Cards
7: oh uh, yeah dude it's always good
0: and he you know michael kelly's always a part of a political drama i mean he was in jack mm-hmm. ryan he's always a
7: schemer yeah yeah he was in
0: the james comey uh uh show the comey report or something and then he was in house of cards and then now he's in lioness which is which is pretty cool he found his niche you know the political mm-hmm. thrillers you know political dramas
7: <laughs>
0: yeah well,
7: he's good at them he's
0: good at them but my gosh Guys, that finale was just jaw dropping, crazy. I gotta know.
7: I gotta know what this is. You like. have to know. Well, All right, I'll, well, I'll start it. I, I will. I will say
0: because you find this out in episode one. Basically, it's the special. So the special special ops line. This is it's just a group of Marines that have to do very meticulous, very skilled missions, uh, counterterrorism um, missions, and this particular mission involved um possibly and leading to possibly or maybe it did maybe it did happen uh executing um uh terrorist threat uh this was the mastermind behind the finances of the terrorist threat and in order to do so uh, they had um, a marine um the and one of the uh, protagonists of the lioness um the actress is pretty she's, she's brilliant um her name escapes me right now uh, Alyssa de DeLovera, i believe um well, anyway she had to befriend the wife uh of of the um of the terrorists. it's basically um husband and the father of this woman uh were associated with uh, the terrorist organization so her job was to befriend the woman and kind of get the inside scoop and then they take over and do their mission to try to to wipe out terrorist threat, you know, very Bin Laden style. So Mm -hmm. whether whether that happens or not, you'll find out. But midway through the season, um, she kind of falls for her. They fall for each other. Um, And during this whole, so it makes it very awkward for, for this particular Marine to carry out the mission. So, but that's... That's what happens in 8 episodes basically. So, not too spoilery because I'm not I'm not revealing the ending, but definitely definitely worth a look for sure. Did, um did you audition for Linus? One role. I had one audition and I did too. it was it was literally two lines. Uh, <laughs> but I'm happy. I'm happy <laughs> with the two line audition. You know, I'm happy and it, I mean obviously no you know, no callback, didn't book, mm. but um you know, just Getting in that virtual room um, is—it's uh, something that that's really, really um, you know, worth it for me, I guess. You know, so. Um, but um, oh yeah, one more uh, Paramount thing because I didn't did, w- did want to talk about uh, another like a round roundtable type of acting thing uh, to end the show. But um, Kevin Costner finally talked about the reason why he left uh, Yellowstone. Mm. Yeah, so apparently as you know, that's one of the more popular shows on Paramount. Um mm-hmm. pretty much his side of the 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 dispute of the of the show. And apparently um it had to do really a lot with um his divorce settlement and apparently in order to um and because of the divorce settlement he disclosed the money that's owed to him basically. So he's basically owed $12 million uh, for the not-yet-filmed second half of the of the season, and apparently he walked away uh, because of that. And I guess because he had to reveal that for his divorce proceedings, and he pretty much just opened, opened the uh, proverbial can of worms, I guess, to talk about it. And he basically yeah. said, it's a little disappointing that it's a number one show on television, and I'm not participating. And and he said
1: I'll probably go to court over it.
4: So there you go. Yeah. So that's
1: well. If Kevin Costner can't get paid, <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah.
0: what
1: about the rest of, rest
0: of us? us. Right. What about the rest of us? Yes. Uh, oh man. Um, a couple more TV things, and we'll be done TV. Um, if you're a Walking Dead fan like I am, still uh, just frivolously still hanging on to this franchise <laughs> while everybody stopped watching. How I don't know. I watched 11th season. and Then, you know, you get invested in these characters and now they have a spinoff with Norman Reedus's character, Daryl Dixon called the walking dead, Daryl Dixon. And of course that drops September 10th. And of course it's a solo trek to France. And, um, oh man, I don't know.
1: It's it, the okay, trailer. Ask if Carol was going to be in it, but if it's a solo,
0: Carol's going to be a uh, rumor to be in season two. She didn't want to go overseas. <laughs> So soon after wrapping Season 11 of Walking Dead She really needed a break Spent time with her family Because That's 11 seasons being away And I mean I think they shoot like Five to six months You know yeah, Out of a year mm-hmm. for, for, Because it, it's It has a lot of episodes You know Has uh, you, know, many, you know Compared to like Last of Us You know I had like Eight, eight or ten episodes Versus The Walking I Dead I remember which when
1: season like, eight Was supposed to be the end Really? <laughs> season eight was supposed to be the end yeah and then they kept going
0: no you know uh, what i'm glad they continued because they ended when the last comic book was written so it was very comprehensive of the source material you know but um but i guess we'll find out the reason of how gerald dixon gets over to france i mean well, how does he end up in france but yeah, we'll, we'll find we'll, out we'll see how he
7: gets there
0: Yes. Yes. I mean, you might be a fan again, James, if you start watching Walking Dead, well, uh, Daryl uh, Dixon again.
7: I'm actually. I'm more curious about the uh, the Rick and Michonne show. Yes. More than yes, because I heard about all the Because, spin- like, I I wasn't gonna watch the whole Walking Dead series. Like, I think I stopped when the the whole mm-hmm. Negan. I mean, actually, I don't want to say. Okay, you know what? A second. <laughs> it's,
1: it's, been
4: it's been out for years. You can say it's yeah, yeah. been out for years. Yeah, yeah.
7: he in baseball bat, and he, he, he kills Glenn. Glenn Abraham, right? Um, and then uh, so, but, but but I did I did watch like the finale because I was like, you know what? How do they end this show? Like, oh, sometimes with, sometimes I, I I did the same thing with like True Blood. Like, I stopped watching oh, True really? Blood. Okay. But I, I, I wanted to watch the finale, even though like, oh, I, good. I missed like, through the seasons. Now, were so, you
0: lost when you watched the finale, walking there without watching the previous seasons, or you pretty much the, everything kind of clicked?
7: So it was so there was one scene in the finale I really appreciated, and I feel like I didn't need to watch the rest of the season because it was a scene between uh, Negan and Maggie. Yes, and it, and it had it had to do with the it had to do with Glenn, and I thought that was that was like probably the best moment in the episode for me was yep. how they acted that out. And I, and like, I, I haven't felt for, you know, and Nick is the one that killed him, but I still felt for him. And like the way he, like he was describing his state of mind and all that. And I was like, Oh shit. Okay. I guess it, it, it did get, did dive a little deeper than I expected yes. it. To.
0: It's his redemption. Uh, basically. Right. Yeah. We saw at the end of uh, season 11, but then, we see kind of the old Negan back in, the, in his spinoff. As you know, him and Maggie are in their own spinoff. You know that, right? It's called Dead City.
4: Okay, I so, oh so forgot that. Yeah. So now there's They are just,
0: they're, that, that <laughs> franchise is <laughs> just,
1: it's turned into <laughs> NCIS or CSI. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> they just don't want to stop. So now there's three spinoffs. And of course, you have Fear the Walking Dead, which is complaining it's eighth and final season. So, oh my gosh. But nonetheless. I mean, you know, they, they won't, you know, sadly I'll be watching. <laughs> You'll be watching
4: um, more. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see in, in, in miscellaneous uh, news uh Sean Diddy Combs, recipient of the 2023 MTV Video Music Awards Global Icon Award. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be on September 12th. Um, good day. It's an important day. That's yours truly's birthday. And, uh, the will be the recipient of a video Vanguard award as well. So look out for that one. Um, and um, gosh, what else? Oh, um, I only have one tidbit in the world of wrestling. That's controversial. Wrestler CM Punk has been fired by all elite wrestling following a backstage altercation at one of their biggest shows called All In in London. We talked about this last week. Uh, On the show, but um, no, it's not a storyline, guys. He is legitimately fired from the organization. Apparently had a backstage altercation with Luke Perry's son, Jack Perry. He's a dungle boy in AEW. He's a wrestler. Kelly, I know you're probably a big 90210 fan back in the day. And uh, maybe had a crush on uh, Luke Perry. Yeah, Yeah. so his son is an accomplished pro wrestler. Yeah. Wow, I didn't Um, know that jack perry yeah so apparently cm punk and jack perry an altercation with having to do with like uh working with real glass or fake glass spots so he apparently choked out he choked out jack uh, perry backstage and apparently he was you know it, 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 after a long investigation they basically said that the incident involving him could have uh, affected other people He, you know caused quite the uh the drama backstage so they ended up firing the dude so wow so you gotta keep there that you rage go. in the ring yeah you got to keep the rage in the ring mm-hmm. and of course uh, we always end with uh the rest in pieces but um you know what i, I think before we get because that's always the that last part of the show um i want to talk one more round robin on your favorite moment on sets uh from uh from, it could be your expect it could be even when you're a non your actor is there one particular onset memory that that just you loved and it's a, just a fond memory maybe you were chilling with the the the, the principal celebrities maybe i don't know maybe it was a shining moment uh for you on camera um Callie, it looks like your wheels are turning, so I'll start with James. James, do you, do you, have, a, do you have a favorite moment on a set of, a, of many, the many sets you worked on? I, I think I can guess which one it might be. I don't know if it involves Mr. Jason Siegel, but that It that does involve Jason Siegel. Okay. It does. okay that, all right, go ahead. Go, throw it out. Throw it out for us.
7: Uh, okay, so to preface the story, um, I was a, 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 a full time stand in for Jason Siegel on a TV show in Philly called Dispatches from Elsewhere. Yes. And what I didn't know, um, I mean, I I, I don't know if this is a normal thing uh, for most productions. So um, if you're, I I guess when you're a full-time, I guess the full-time stand-in for the the number one lead of the show, um, sometimes they'll be willing to give you a line in the actual show. Or, or you know, they'll actually, you know, give you a carrot and they'll give you a line for the yeah. show. And 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 I I I I heard they were gonna do this for me. I got like the the text or whatever that I was gonna do it. I got all excited. I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna get a line this the show. It's, this was like my 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 first line ever in a in like a a, a a big production TV yeah. show. It's a co-star, um, yes. And and then. <laughs> I remember, the, 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 like, the day of, like, I didn't get the, the script until, like, the day of, um, the day of I was going to shoot, so it, 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 but I did know it was only, like, one line, so I'm, like, what is this one line, and, like, I, I kept, I kept, kept my brain, like, what could it be, what could it be, so I, I, I get the, the script in the trailer, and I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm, like, all right, so I'm, I'm this, I'm, like, tourist number five, and, like, <laughs> I get this one line, and and the line literally is, it's it's Jason Siegel, show us your dick. That's literally my line.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and it did
0: make it in the episode. I believe I did see it. And yes. uh, you were across the street, right?
7: Yeah. So, so in the scene, he's literally, he's running down the street. <laughs> he, he's chasing this guy. And I'm supposed to the tourist that sees Jason Siegel. And I literally yell at him. am like, Jason Siegel, show us your dick. And just like that. And it was. <laughs> I was like, I, I, if this is my only line I ever have in any TV show ever, I will die a happy man. I, happy.
0: There you go. <laughs> there you go. And of course you, and you got to go to the rap party too. So that's another yes. uh, big part of it too. That's always <laughs> a, a nice icing on the cake moment.
1: Yeah. So uh, now when you, do late, when you do a late night talk show, they're going to bring that clip back and they're going to. Yeah. No. <laughs> yes.
7: I'm okay with that Yes. Okay. Yeah. We all start somewhere, right? That's true. That's very true, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I will though. never forget that. Never forget.
0: It. Nice. That sounds like an amazing, amazing experience. How about you, Kelly?
1: Um, well, just to think of one that comes to my mind, because I'm sure, I know there were a, a lot. Um, yeah. Uh, I I did. Um, I I was working as an extra um, on a pilot for ABC, and we were playing. Um, Uh, like hippie college students I think the the pilot was originally going to be called the 60s Um, but it didn't go anywhere didn't get picked up so but the um, the casting director for that because half of us were already in 60s gear um, they came to me and they said hey do you want to be you want to be in 60s again for the next Austin Powers film and I was like oh my god so I got to be on the Austin Powers film uh, the spy who shagged me. It was that one. Yes, and very. Cool. I was. If you if you were to go back and watch it now, uh, so this was probably one of the first times, it, early early in my career, where I finally got on screen <laughs> that people would be like, I can actually see that's you, because yeah. I made sure to stick with Mike Myers and Heather Graham as they were doing this this, um, this scene, um, the shopping scene. And I made sure to just keep walking back and forth in the background. (laughs) So you see me like 10 (laughs) times. But um, in between one of the takes, because we shot on the back lot of Universal, um, you know, they have that Universal tram tour that goes through. And tram was far enough off. But, you know, all the celebrity, you know, Mike Myers was there and Heather Graham and all the other people. And plus us extras. We were all just hanging out there waiting for the next take. And so the tour person was like, oh, that's. You know, that's the cast of, you know, the next Austin Powers film. And and all of us waved, including myself. And that was the first time that I was like,
4: oh, my God, I've made it in Hollywood. <laughs> I'm on the
1: tour. I, I'm with like my. Oh, it was it was a dream come true. It was it was an amazing sometimes thing.
0: Sometimes it's yeah. Sometimes it's like the earlier moments in your career because it's so new but just you get all giddy, you know, and, and I guess that's yeah, really and consistent. Little things like that
1: too, yeah. And then my yeah. family back from home was so excited to go to the movie theaters and and see the film yeah. and Because I said I'm in it, you can definitely see me. Unfortunately, my that's mom didn't the realize thing. the nature of the film. That's <laughs> that's, that's not her company. The, yeah.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's really, really you know what? I, I guess I kind of I kind of alluded when I was a must join um and the movie step up but honestly that was some of the most amazing times i've had on set because mm-hmm. um it's some uh, analogous to your your um your stint james on um dispatches when you're working as a core um in this case it was in the friend group you know Fosse of of channing tatum's boys mm-hmm. and just being on set every day mm-hmm. and then being invited to the rap party you know you're not a plus one you're not sneaking in, which of course yes i have sne- i have, I have got a, <laughs> as a guest or whatever the reason was, but I got actually invited to the rap party due to my dedication and it also made me a sag member and um and you know i i got to you know i got to at the time um i think it was because uh, you know earlier film my space was I think uh, Facebook was just kind of getting started. Anyways, dating on MySpace, yeah. But, I, remember, uh, oh, I remember I remember asking for um, Channing Tatum's um, MySpace. And at the time, because one of the first movies had one, and we were MySpace friends uh, back in the day. And, and Jenna Dewan, who was his wife at the time, she had a MySpace page at the time as well. And we both follow each other in MySpace. Again, this is their early, early works. And then i remember messaging jenna doing when i visited la i can say 2008 2009 and she said hey i'm having a birthday party stop by Ledoux in bollywood at the time was the hot spot you remember Ledoux, kelly that yeah. was like the yeah so i stopped yeah. by Ledoux, and i'm hanging i have a picture I had, it was a time when i had the point point and shoot camera pocket cameras but i had one with me And I took a picture of me and Jenna at a birthday party. And, uh, you know, that was just a lot of fun. And again, that's one of my first, you know, uh, again, I was only a background extra, but because of the multiple days you're working and you get your must join and you're working with these principals and, you know, at the time, you know, I wish I would have retained that friendship, you know, to this day, (laughs) but, um, but I I guarantee you this, they would hopefully remember me if I see them again, you know? Oh, sure. Um, Yeah. 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 Again, this again, this is before their fame. It's one of their first big films, you know, mm-hmm. Step Up, dance movie, yeah. you know. Um, but it was a cool, it was a cool experience, you know. And um, I got to admit, my most um, memorable time on set as a principal was very recently, and I got to give it up for Step Back Doors Closing because that's the film I alluded to with Janae, where in, in a very pivotal scene in a principal role, again, it's an independent film just the difference in treatment, man. It's just uh, having mm. a hotel, having, you know, just mm-hmm. getting a multiple, you know, getting paid to do ADR, you know, additionally, you know, to what you've already done. Um, and just being treated very well, you know. Um, yeah. Craft it, services,
1: just, whole different story.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
4: so,
0: um, um, and, you know, uh, it's probably one of my, more significant role. I mean, well, significant in the fact that it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a SAG, higher budget SAG independent film. Um, mm. And the, the, the actors in it are not household names. It's Riley Walters, Carmen Berkeley, Most renowned is Ashley Romance, who was in that um, AMC series, Nosferatu with Zachary Quinto. Mm. Um, I think she was a series regular on that. Um, mm-hmm. So that was the most known um, actress in that cast. But just just the fact that I was a principal in that that again that would probably be one of my um, more favorite times on set just because of the the, the treatment and the fact that yeah you know I, if the film uh, makes it into the festivals that they're submitting it to which I cannot disclose which festivals they're submitting it to but if it does get accepted then uh, I get to attend as a talent which is kind of kind of fun you know and it's something I've always wanted to, to ta- attend a, a major film festival as talent as opposed to being a an presser and stuff like right. that so. Uh,
4: mm-hmm.
1: If the
0: so Yes. So this is all wishful thinking. So let's just hope it happens. But uh, that, that, um, yeah, that, that was a great uh, roundtable question. And of course, we're ending tonight's show. We're gonna give some R.I.P. shouts. Uh, we already mentioned Jimmy Buffett, music icon who passed away at the age of 76. We not only lost Jimmy Buffett, we also lost Steve Harwell, founder and singer of the late 90s, early 2000s band Smash Mouth. You might know hey now you're a rock star mm-hmm. get your game on get hey yeah that's that that's that it um oh man it's pretty sad he was an alcoholic and he died in hospice care due to liver liver failure um he was only 56 years old yeah so um
7: yeah he wasn't with the band anymore
0: he was not no yeah mm-hmm.
7: they replaced him
0: he yep he retired from the bed in 2021 Apparently, like, did they They got a new singer for uh, after he left in 2021, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so the lock- reason
1: he
7: left. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Two years yeah. ago.
7: Big alcohol problems on stage.
4: Yeah.
0: yeah. We also lost Gary Wright, um, the keyboardist and singer known for the 1970s hit Dreamweaver. You might remember Dreamweaver, I can't mm-hmm. wait to get me through the night. Yeah. That yeah. song. Um, sadly, he had passed away, so rest in peace. Um, and um, another singer, um, a young singer this is when it's it's really, really um, tragic when it's um, someone who's so young, but she was only 21 years old. Her name was Faye Fantaro, she's a rising British singer. Mm. Her debut EP was produced by Eurythmic star Dave Stewart. Um, mm. she had a rare um glioma brain tumor um, so sadly she had passed away mm-hmm. from that we also lost march of the Roos, who played dr Ludwig in hbo's true blood james you mentioned true blood a little earlier mm-hmm. um i don't know if you remember the doctor um from that role dr Ludwig. um mm-hmm. she was a doctor for supernatural beings in three episodes of true blood mm-hmm. and uh, we also lost the father of princess diana's Boyfriend Dodi Al-Fayed. We lost Muhammad Al-Fayed, of course. muhammad Al-Fayed, mm-hmm. founder of the British department store Harrods. And of course, you know, oh, princess right. Diana sadly was killed alongside his son Dodi in a car crash. Um Paris, Muhammad yeah. was the yeah, the founder of the Herods department store. Uh he passed away at the age of 94 and of course with death we celebrate life um and of course a life event is a divorce and joe jonas has filed a divorce from so for turner after four years Is that years true of, yeah, yes that, after yeah. four years of marriage yes
1: we just had a baby too is they had true?
0: two two babies together and apparently we just the had marriage, a, they their second it's just and the only thing they're saying <sighs> is the marriage between the parties is ir- retrievably broken Irretrievably broken So Hi. it's a very It's a very vague reason Yeah yeah it's sad you know I mean especially when they have two young kids like that You know
1: I mean I'm um, not following that stuff anymore But I saw it pop up on Instagram the other day And people were like yeah. It's just a rumor leave them alone I was like what what these two are
0: Yeah <laughs> yep. so I know It's it's very very sad I mean they have their um,
1: I
4: hate when anybody Vegas breaks ceremony. up sad.
0: I think they're married mm. in 2019 Yeah And, um, Mm. yeah, yeah And, um, of course, the opposite of that is Getting married and Kristen Chenoweth And musician Josh Bryant They tied the knot this past Saturday In Dallas, so congratulations to Kristen Chenoweth And, of course, celebrating A birthday today on Tuesday, September 5th Includes Legendary television actor Bob Newhart He is 94 years old (gasps) Go Bob Go Bob, right? Yeah and then legendary film actor, Michael Keaton, the original Batman and many yeah. other dope sick.
1: Oh my Pittsburgh, God. So much. Yeah. And he's from Pittsburgh. He's a very too. sweet guy. When I met that's him, That's your hometown. That's right. Yeah, Michael I met Keaton him.
0: Is yeah. 72. And you met Michael Keaton.
1: I did. I was working at a production company in Pittsburgh and he came in, um, to do a voiceover for a commercial and you know, the whole office was a buzz and we all got to go in and meet him and shake his hand. And I was like, I, I love the man. I, Oof, um, much smaller <laughs> in person than I was expecting. Smaller, smaller in person. Shorter and
3: yeah.
1: small build. I mean, he's he, he was thin. I mean, I was like, right? Ooh, I'm five foot two, and he was he was. He was not that much taller than people, you. But, <laughs> but when we shook hands, I was like, ooh, <laughs> you're so. <laughs> and, and, nice I, and I mean that calendar. in the nicest way too. Like he I'm. Is not saying anything bad about him because i adore nice. the man Kapisu, you
0: nice so. you got a nice uh, hug from uh, michael keaton I, I did yeah Wow, that's really sweet that
1: was a good so
0: he's 72 today yeah so happy birthday <sighs> michael keaton um I rose you. I <laughs> even I at 72 right even at 72 sure. yeah <laughs> sure <laughs> he is michael keaton right exactly uh, Ro- rose mcgowan is
1: 50 wow huh?
0: that's a milestone Oh. from um she's only six and, y- six yeah. months older than i am all right nice. wow oh we're gonna do a celebration for you mm-hmm. uh let's see actor carice van houten of game of thrones melisandra she's 47 today oh. that's birthdays today um so that uh, wraps up uh tonight's episode of btb uh wow what an incredible show we had Um, Majority SAG panel for the most part Chachi uh, McFly surprised us I didn't think he was joining us I thought he was going to be at the beach through Tuesday He surprised us today um, Which is great We still welcome the one and only King of the 80s of course early in the program Thank you Desiree Velez The freaking reek the Latin satin Whatever you want to call it (laughs) She has some great insights In the industry being the veteran Amongst the panel Thank you, Desi, for joining us. We'd like to thank, of course, the one and only Kelly Christopher, representing Los Angeles. Hello! The West Coast is the best coast. Kelly, we thank you so much. We had a hurricane and an
1: earthquake on the same day. I know! You had a hurricane. You had a hurricane. How was that? Earthquake. Unfortunately, I missed the whole thing because I was back east for a are funeral, really... so oh, I didn't even get oh. to experience it, but I experienced it through all my friends as I texted them every 10 yes. minutes. How are you, You're how are pits. you? You have power, you okay? You're drowning, what's happening? <laughs> yeah.
0: The most like, part, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> a lot of our friends just said they had a little bit of rain and
1: not much else after that, so. Yeah. It's
0: so lucky it wasn't as uh, catastrophic as people As they think.
1: were prepping everybody. Yeah, yeah the shelves were empty here in the grocery store.
0: And shelves were still empty, wow. Yeah, Um, And of course we thank you so much James Games Malone Yes Thank you so much Uh, (laughs) From the (laughs) Sleepy Games Podcast Uh, Check that out on all your favorite streaming platforms Or uh, podcast platforms And um, yeah guys I'm Al Celebrity Soto And if you heard that opening promo Here's my featured interview My god We have an Oscar winner closing out tonight's show And a pre-recorded interview mira sorvino guys holy smokes uh wow she was just recently in the sound <laughs> of freedom yes yeah. Rome and michelle's high school reunion i mean been so many other great films over the years now of course she was strictly um to the rules of the sag aftra with the strike so she talked about her uh, being a new ambassador against uh Child and human trafficking was very important, which kind of touched on um, um, the sound of freedom film, and of course talked uh, at length about the SAG-AFTRA strike and her thoughts on AI. So it was a very, still a very great interview, and in theme with our SAG-AFTRA uh, theme uh, panel tonight. So uh, we we uh, end tonight's show with that um, with that um, interview, and of course um, before that interview, we'll also close. With Smash Mouse hit song All Star, got we've got we to throw up a, a shout out for two for another music icon, a '90s icon that is no longer with us. So, on behalf of everybody in the panel, guys, we will see you next week, guys, for a, a BTB special that's all about yours truly. That's right, Al's birthday, and we will see you next time. Until then. Wow, special interview time here at the Donald Stevens Convention Center in Chicago, Illinois, with this amazing actress, Oscar winner, Mira Sorvino. Mira, how does it feel to be at a Chicago Comic-Con?
2: It's very exciting. I've never been to any any cons like I, the only thing I've ever done was like a panel for a tv show but we I never interfaced with the fans or did signings at all this is my first time and I'm so excited to like hang with the people that love our work like that that gives wow. us joy
0: so for so many years uh, you, uh you, you've had a career as an actress what made you decide let's do a convention
2: now um, I think a bunch of my friends, you know, uh, told me they were doing them and how much fun they were and how they really enjoyed having that one-on-one with the fans. And yeah. and it is true that like when you're on stage, you feel like I recently did a show at the Cafe Carlisle and you yeah. knew when the audience loved something or laughed or didn't respond or or they were crying with you, uh-huh. and and that was so like it, it sort of feeds your soul as a performer. And as a you know an on-screen performer, you don't get that except for social media people telling you that they like it, whatever. But I was like, you know what, let me, let me try this because everybody seems to love it so much and, and, and here I am to meet my fans, so very excited to be here for my fans.
0: That's fantastic, so uh, Comic-Cons, especially the X was all about fandoms, superheroes, whether it's sci-fi, fantasy, do you have a particular favorite genre?
2: Uh, I lo- in, in terms of performing, I, yeah, love, I love comedy, like I love yeah. doing comedy, it makes me the happiest, um, you know, recently I've been involved in some projects that kind of combined comedy with um, with genre, with, with horror, which has been super fun. Oh, fun. And I can't talk about it, but I've loved <laughs> doing it. So it, it has, like, scares and laughs. Yeah. And that's been great because it gives the audience, like, a double, like, reward for, like, you know, what what people are looking for, right? And, and so when you're on a set and you're trying to create a result, like, there's nothing better than... when you hear the crew chuckling behind the camera and they're like (laughs) and and that's (laughs) Uh that's the best so so for me comedy i have the most fun when i'm doing it whether it's on a stage or on film or whatever um in terms of watching i really like watching thrillers and i like watching comedy um i horror i i'm a bit of a a wimp like I, I can watch horror where it's not super gory. Okay. When it gets super splattery, I can't handle it. Or something where I, mm-hmm. where it gets into my head and I get nightmares that's going to happen to me. Yeah. I can't, I can't watch that stuff. <laughs> um, but, uh, but like classic horror, like I love, you know, The Exorcist. Like, and and the Billy Freak had just died, and and that's so sad. And I know I'm not supposed to talk about film names, but in honor of that great director, of like, course, it's it, you know that was such an iconic, amazing um, story, which basically posited that in order... because Father Karras believes in the devil, this disaffected priest who sort of lost his faith, he ultimately believes in God. And it's just like this incredible thematic story. Like, I just think it's incredible. But anyway, yeah. But as I said, like, Splatterfest, no.
0: (laughs) Splatterfest, no. No,
2: no, no disrespect to the fans who love that stuff, but I just don't have the stomach for it. I literally, when I was a kid, saw a film with my friend who was allowed to see rated R movies and I wasn't and she took me along when I was 13 to see this movie in which some guy's head exploded and I for three months afterwards as I would be falling to sleep that image of that bald head blowing Ah. up would hit me, <laughs> and I wouldn't be able to sleep for like two hours after that. So okay. that's what I mean. I'm just. A- we gotta
0: avoid things that induce nightmares. Yeah. But here at Fan Expo, it's all about comic books. Did you ever watch Marvel, DC, Star Wars? And oh, of is that a genre that you would uh, would like to? Of
2: like well, Have on your resume? Uh, yes, I would. And once again, I can't talk about the franchises. <laughs> I can't talk about anything that producers <laughs> yeah. have anything to do with. I did grow up watching a very popular sci-fi film with my sci-fi show with my dad in the 70s reruns of the original and I think you can figure out which one it is iconic characters like incredible like gave me my wish to explore space you know so um yeah and of course everyone has a lightsaber everyone wants to be (laughs) that thing um it's so hard not to be able to talk about these things, but yes, of course I love those genres, of course I do, yeah.
0: Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. And of course, uh, let's talk about you being um, a UN Goodwill Ambassador for Anti-Human Traffic, which kind of ties into your hit movie out right now, Sound of Freedom, which is uh, t- taking the box office by storm and has a very very important message could you kind of talk about both aspects
2: okay so i can't talk about the movie right now they're working on trying to get a waiver from sag so i can't specifically talk about the film until that happens yeah. But i can talk about that there's this wave of interest from the public that i have not seen in the nineteen years that i have worked on trafficking both first with the amnesty international starting in 2004 mm-hmm. and then 2009 to the present with unodc as their goodwill ambassador um, i see people who care that this is happening To children and to adults all over the world you know there's some estimates there's 50 million people in slave labor today across the globe and two million of them are kids in sex trafficking and the united states is a huge consumer for child sexual abuse material online you know what people would have formerly called like pornography but when it involves children it's not pornography it's literally you're watching a child be hurt and you're paying for it um, and Absolutely. we have this big hunger for that in this country, and it's so sick. So, um, so I'm seeing people's hearts be broken by the experience they have in the theaters. And then they're like, what can I do? How can I get more involved? So first of all, tell your elected representatives, I care about human trafficking. What are we doing in my state or in my country to fight this? Like, What laws, what bills are you proposing? What are you getting behind? that is helping not only the law enforcement side of it because that's only one piece of the the puzzle. How are you working on prevention? How are you working on aftercare and rehabilitation and and transitional aid for survivors so that they can fully assume the lives that they were born for, not the ones that were thrust upon them, you know, Mm -hmm. for getting their educations, helping them with job training, helping them with housing. And what are you doing about vacature and expungement? Because, okay, so people in child sex trafficking or any kind of sex trafficking and even labor trafficking are often they often have criminal charges either for prostitution or for crimes that is called forced criminality they were forced to commit crimes while being exploited under pain of death sometimes you know that basically the traffickers always have them in fear of death of their own or their families right so if someone is forced to shoplift or to sometimes recruit another victim or even someone who, like, kills their abuser. You know, all of these things, there should be something called affirmative defense, which allows them to say, hey, I was being forced. You know, so this is my defense, like an insanity defense. But you were like, I I lived with basically a gun to my head, if not virtually, psychologically present all the time. If I ever disobeyed my trafficker, I would catch a beating, I would be stabbed, um, I would, you know, my child would be in jeopardy so that should be a defense but then also those charges in the past need to be able to be expunged or some states call it expungement some people call it vacature because without that a trafficking survivor cannot move on with their life because a criminal record follows you everywhere or being on the sex offenders registry follows you everywhere so you can't get a job like any high level job and even if you've educated yourself through college and you get a great degree and you're all ready to start this new life they do a background check and you're like oh you, you had a prostitution charge? No, sorry. Um, or renting an apartment, you know, trying mm-hmm. to get a place to live so that you can work. And it's all this vicious circle because if you don't have an address, you can't get a job. If you don't have a job, you can't get an address. And, and, you can get none of these things with this criminal background. So every state really needs to work on this concept of vacature and expungement and affirmative defense. Um, there's two really famous cases recently. One was Tiffany Simpson. One was Santoya Brown. People can look at those and understand what I'm talking about. Um, but uh, volunteer your time. You know, every everywhere there are organizations doing the good work. I'm putting together this big master list that I'm going to publish on my Twitter, although it's so long, it's six pages long, and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do it. I might just do like a long thread where people can sort of click on and I have a description of what each organization does. Um, But really everywhere, there are people already doing this work, and everywhere needs funds if you just want to donate money, if you want to donate your time, if you want to help a trafficking victim go to the doctor you know, accompaniment, if you wanna help them fill out forms, if you wanna help them you wanna help volunteer at a at a shelter, you know, for for trafficked kids or adults, if you wanna offer your legal services pro bono, because legal services are the number one thing that victims come to this organization called the Coalition to Abolish Slavery and Trafficking in California, but they're they're California but they're nationwide. Um, their number one referral is for legal services. And that becomes the gateway where a, a trafficking survivor gets help, gets what they need. So there's always need for lawyers. Um, there's always need for translators. You know, labor trafficking victims are largely immigrants, migrants. Uh, sex trafficking victims, the domestic minor sex trafficking victims in our country are mostly American kids. They are not foreign-born they have passports. So when we talk about, oh, shut the border and you'll end trafficking. Uh, okay, well, why are, why are 53% of the clients of Courtney's house in Washington, D.C. family trafficked by their own parents or grandparents or aunts or uncles? There could be intergenerational trafficking. And right now, the foster care system and Child Protective Services doesn't vet for it. They don't even have a category in their interview intake forms for is the child being trafficked. They, they just don't know what to look for, and that needs to change. Um, you know, LGBTQ plus kids, they run away from home because they don't have the support they need in their schools and their homes, and they get propositioned for, any runaway gets propositioned for survival sex within 48 hours, and that's a form of trafficking. You know, there's just not enough support out there. There's not enough housing. Homelessness is a huge, pre- so the, the biggest vulnerability causes in the U.S. for trafficking are, for, of children is abuse in the home or being in the foster care system, being runaway, being LGBTQ+, plus, or um, uh, being homeless. And all those things, which are societal ills that we just need to deal with, are one of the reasons why we have this vulnerability to trafficking. The reason they get trafficked is because men buy commercial sex and they buy it with minors. And so, if you stop demand, oh if, if you reduce the number of men who go online and are like, "Yeah, I'm gonna make a date with that escort," mm-hmm. then because the the terminus of sex trafficking, all sex trafficking, including child sex trafficking, is the point of sale, which is prostitution, which is commercial sex. So if you if you are buying commercial sex, you and this is a bitter pill for many to swallow who like to think of it as a victimless victimless crime, mm-hmm. you are creating that marketplace for trafficked people because. Which one is a pimp going to choose to work with somebody who's like a fully empowered sex worker who takes home 90% of their profits and gives 10% to the pimp like an agent? Or someone that they can control and set up 60 dates a night sometimes and make thousands and thousands of dollars off by not paying them anything? Which are they going to choose? They're going to choose the trafficking model, right? So. The harm reduction for the victims of trafficking is, there's something called the equality model, which Maine is the first state to have adopted it. It it already is the the law of the land in nine countries, including France, Ireland, Northern Ireland, Sweden, Norway, and some other countries. And Jimmy Carter has always espoused this. It used to be called the Nordic model, but basically it it's decriminalizes the person whose body is being exploited. So you stop punishing the person whose body is being bought and sold. You criminalize the John, the buyer, and you criminalize the pimp trafficker. And if there is no pimp trafficker, you can still criminalize the John and you still never criminalize the person whose body is being bought and sold. So sense, yeah. it's the greatest harm reduction model in terms of preventing trafficking. Because it it stops the impunity and it stops that sort of like feeling like, okay, I can do this. This isn't really harming anything. It's not really a crime for me to do this, the people who are buying it. No, it is, and it should be seen as such. It destroys lives, you know. So anyway, I know some people might not like what I'm saying, but this is- It's
0: a very important message, and and I have to segue with Sound of Freedom because I think it's so important for people to see this movie. I saw it myself. Whatever your political affiliation, the message behind Sound of Freedom is so important.
2: Human trafficking is a bipartisan issue. It always has been. It's been a little bit unfortunate that this summer people are talking like it is the purview of the right. No, I'm progressive, and I'm a mom, and I'm a Christian, and I'm super anti-trafficking. So you can be lots of things. We all were children. That's our baseline. We all were children. A lot of us have children. And most of us who were children cannot imagine, like willingly signing off on the kind of destruction of happiness and body that happens in child sex trafficking. You know, I think that's what people are responding to in the cinematic experience is their yes. their heart is being broken by what happens to the kids. And you know, the thing is the American model of child sex trafficking is a little bit different than what people are experiencing on that screen. And you know, some people have criticized the film for that. But in a lot of countries other than this one Extremely poor people are very vulnerable to um, fraudulent job offers, like a, mo- a f- false modeling or a nanny right. agency or a teacher agency, and they recruit young people with the promise of this, you know, glamorous or high-paying career. Right. And then they essentially do kidnap them. Yes, they they take away all their autonomy. They they take away their passports. They threaten their family. And they cut them off with everyone they know. Yeah. And then they're in this cycle of horrendous rape abuse that goes on and on and on. In our country, it's not so much stranger danger. It is not so much the white man, although that kind happens too. But as I said, most of it is a little bit more someone you know. It's, uh, it's you know, probably upwards of 50% family-controlled trafficking. It's foster care trafficking. It's gang-related trafficking, but they recruit through school. They recruit through social media. They recruit through Instagram, and the average age of entry for a girl in commercial sex trafficking in this country is nine to 12. So on their Instagram, they're looking, and somebody's like, hey, you're so pretty. You wanna to come to this party tonight? And they know who to pick. They look for people who have some vulnerability. They're lonely. They don't have a great home life they're looking to be loved, they're looking to be appreciated, and they woo them and they groom them, and then once they've got them in this cycle, they have compromise on them, they've got videos of them performing these terrible, you know, not them performing, these terrible acts being done to them, and they say they'll expose them and show them all over the internet if they don't comply. Um, So, you know, that's kind of more the model in this country, although of course you still do have... Um, migrant peoples being enslaved in brothels, and, and that maybe is a little bit more on the adult side. But our biggest problem is our own kids and that we're not protecting them. And, you know, the border issue is the border issue, and the border needs to be dealt with, certainly not in the inhumane, horrible way of putting, like, things that will cut people as they try and cross a river. That's insane. Definitely traffickers do come through the border Absolutely, that needs to be vetted for and you need to vet who you're handing children off to when they come to pick them up, you know, to make sure they're not putting a, an unsuspecting child into a trafficking situation. Exactly. But the, the border is not actually the big problem in terms of our child sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. So like, let's get real and let's look at our own backyard and mm-hmm. see how we can fix things for our own kids and, and create programs, better education better programs in school age specific age like you know like basically protecting you know people's innocence but if you're talking about 9 to 12 year olds being sex trafficked you have to have something in a school module that is warning them of this being a potential thing that could happen to them if you're not you're just leading lambs to slaughter right like you needs
0: better warning signs
2: yes and 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 school everybody works in every public facing office, whether it's transportation, medical, first responder, because a lot of times a, a trafficker will take in his exploited person or hers, you know, to the emergency room or an urgent care when they've broken their arm or something, right? Yeah. This is the one moment that person might surface, whether they're labor or sex trafficked. If the staff is trained in what trafficking looks like and what a victim presents as and that they're not going to self-identify, they could take that... Critical five minutes and say I need to see her alone in the x-ray room you can't come in and then maybe you can connect that person to safety and, and get them out
4: right. but
2: that needs to be in the transportation I've met airline um, you know flight attendants who have rescued people because they watched a video I'd like saved three girls this guy that I spoke to years ago and I was like have you watched the Delta training module I hear it's really good because I just done a speech at Delta and he was like I heard you did the speech and I, he said no not yet i saw him again this summer and he said you know what after talking to you i went home and watched the training video a few months later three girls got on my plane they were acting really confused and nervous and something didn't seem to be right they weren't meeting my eyes and when a man came to meet them at the other end because they were minors i had already alerted people on the ground that something didn't seem and they asked the man what are their names and he didn't even know their names they cuffed him they ferreted these girls away to safety he stopped them from being trafficked before it happened and that's the whole idea is prevention because we don't want to constantly be just doing triage and letting people be raped for years before we can help them or abused in in fields or in factories or you know in nail salons as slave labor for years before we help them we'd like to catch it before it starts and that's really the goal is prevention
0: wow miro this is fantastic i know they're giving yeah, me signs
2: nothing to do with what you're talking <laughs> for I'm just using my phone. Sorry. As
0: actors, myself included, being a member of SAG-AFTRA, the strike is still going on. Uh, 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 do you have any opinions on, on the strike and what the strike can we do to? it's necessary? Yes, but, but a bitter
2: pill to swallow for all the members because everybody yes. is very, very nervous economically, myself included. You know, like I am not. Yeah. I, I wish I were, but I'm not like one of those big stars like that just gave the million to the Actors Fund. Like I wish I had that kind of. You know, nest egg, but we still live kind of year to year in our in our house. You know, um, I think you know that Harvey Weinstein took basically took my film career, career away for oh, twenty years. Harvey, I wasn't in horrible, a major horrible person. I wasn't in a major motion picture from two thousand from nineteen ninety eight to two thousand eighteen, and I had won the Oscar in ninety six. So, so I lost all of that ability in my prime to work.
0: momentum right after the Oscar, right. Yeah,
2: um, but mm-hmm. it's okay. I've always worked all this time, you know, and, and, and I'm not going to look back because my life has been very rich and full and I love my family so much, my four kids and, and the and the work I do in human trafficking. Maybe if I had been like a big star, I wouldn't have been able to do that. So, you know, God gives you a purpose and you follow it, right? Wow. But um, the strike is necessary because it's insane to see the profits that the heads of these corporations and these entities make, and they're not willing to share in the slightest, like really just fair way. Like, I mean, when you look at their salaries, the CEO's salaries, and then there was recently like a a publication of, for each of them, like what it would cost them to acquiesce to all of our demands, it was less than 1% of their profits, less than 1%. Exactly. I mean come on we're not the map is there I yeah. mean, come on
0: there's plenty of funds available to and to give the actors what they need. The
2: streaming model is different yes. from the old episodic television model like you can't say that things haven't changed. why haven't our contracts changed to reflect mm-hmm. that just fairly and yes. to make it a living wage for the majority of our membership does not appear you know as a series regular or the yeah. star of films they need to make enough and there need to be enough contributions to the health plan from the producers. So that they can get health insurance, that they can get what they need, and it, we're not asking for a lot. And especially the AI stuff, it's crazy that the concept that they they wanted the ability to just use you forever for maybe in a perpetuity. Nominal, yes, a not fee.
0: good. Yeah, and
2: you wouldn't own your image, and you wouldn't be able to say yay or nay to like you're going to put me in that project. I yeah. don't do that kind of project. Even if it's just like I don't like that project, it's not good enough, or that project espouses violence towards women, or I don't want my character to be nude. Like you know, like you they would, can do that. They can. Do, they could put your
0: they, face on anybody. Yeah. Yes. And,
2: and it's it's crazy. You know. Also, it's like you really think that the public won't know the difference between a genuine performance by a real beating heart human being who has spent their whole life honing their craft to give you the performances that you like and that you care about. Like, come on, big companies that do this. Like, it's so insulting to take the humanity out of acting. It's literally one of the oldest, like, callings that people have had. Like, you know, all those incredible amphitheaters in in the worlds of antiquity, in classical Greece and Rome, people have been performing theater for millennia. You want to all of a sudden be like, eh, we don't need people. Remember that animated films although yes the animators do an incredible job it's still backed by human voices actors right. performing and that's where it's still connected to human beings that's
0: where the soul comes from yeah, really like it's, it's the human heart I <laughs>
2: don't want to watch a plastic yeah. pretend person try and break my heart I want to connect to another human being who's like out there doing what they love and trying to share a bit of their heart with me and we wow. feel it together you know the american model of acting is kind of Stanislavski based usually, it's not so much like the British, which is more external. We use our insides, we yes. use our hearts, we use our experience and our brains to, to bring our full humanity to the table. We're really naked and vulnerable doing that. Yes. And I don't think AI can do that. But
0: Nope. So listen to Mira Servino, <laughs> AMPTP.
2: Yeah, yeah. AMPTP. Yes. <laughs>
0: Let's get the right contract for us actors. Yeah,
2: we're not asking for more than we're due. Yes. We're just asking for what's fair and reasonable.
0: Yeah, that's it. Mira Sorvino, the amazing Oscar-winning Mira Sorvino. Thanks so much for talking to us here on Below the Belt Show. And if you could, let us know who you are, and you're on Below the Belt
1: Show.
2: I'm Mira Sorvino, and I'm on Below the Belt Show.
0: Awesome. Thank
1: you. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying. Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain.